Welcome everyone to Mark Out of 10, episode 5 of the wrestling podcast where we talk, argue and justify our lists of top 10 in a particular field of wrestling. Where opinions mean everything and nothing at the same time. This week we're discussing the best pay-per-views of wrestling ever. On your undercard this evening though, the opening match if you will, I am the Scottish Sweetheart Shields and my co-host, our star attraction, the pay-per-view prince, the main event maestro, the housewife's favourite heel, Hoxie. How are you doing, Hoxie? Uh, How can I follow that, mate? How can I follow that? That's incredible. I'm very well. I am, as we've said really quickly before we started uh, pressing record, I am so fucking excited (laughs) to do this show tonight. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I like talking. We've talked wrestling, haven't we? Like, Mm -hmm. let's be honest. We've we've been chatting wrestling over the last few episodes. But to me, like, this is like getting into like that nitty gritty, like talking about the matches, talking about the feuds, talking about the shows. Like, I've got some stats and some some. Just, I'm so excited. I literally can't wait. I'm I'm more excited about this this episode than than any episode that we've done so far. I can't wait. How are you? How's it going? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I mean, um, before we get started into the list, like we'll talk about how I found it and stuff. But yeah, no, it's it's, it's been a decent week, etc. Um, I think this is going to be your forty this week. I think this is the one that you're going to excel in even more because I, I was looking at the um, you know, the, the the summary or the polls on Spotify. There's only one week you've actually clearly won from the poll on Spotify. The rest of them have been fifty fifty. So yeah, well, that's comments and stuff as well. You know what I mean? We need to take the comments into account. We can't go all by polls. And the game's called I Win, Shields, because I win. So, very simple. The game's called Fuck You, Hoxie. But, you know, so. uh, okay, guys, as ever, a massive thank you to everybody who takes the time out to listen. It does mean a lot to both me and Hoxie. Um, once again, people are leaving their list, like Hoxie says, on our YouTube channel. Mark it at 10. Please sub to that channel. Let's see if we can actually get to 25 subs on YouTube. That would be a really cool little milestone for us. Um, we're, I think we're sitting at about 10 just now, so we need 15 more subs. Um, yeah, on, on, the, on the YouTube list, it's been very, very interesting because there's a lot of different women being put on the list from last week's episode. Again, if you haven't listened to last week's episode of the top sort of women in wrestling, make sure you go and check it out. I mean, there's people that we talked about. There's people that we didn't. I mean, we didn't mention Stephanie McMahon and, like, you know, she's had a massive impact on that on the business as well. When you think about it, you know, in terms of everything she's done, women's champion in her own right. Then she went on to like obviously SmackDown GM. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people we didn't talk about on last week's list, and yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's loads really when it when when it comes down to it. There's a lot of people we didn't chat about, and that isn't. I think so. Sherry Mattel was obviously my um, my honourable mention mm-hmm. last week. She she sort of came into the honourable mention list because I don't really class her as a wrestler. Like I know she was, mm-hmm. but to me she was more she was more value and, and better as like that valet slash manager. Yeah. I think with with Stephanie, I don't see her as a wrestler. I see her as like a she's a massive character. Stephanie yep. McMahon was in within the WWE, but I don't really class her as like a wrestler, if that makes sense. And I know necessarily last week might not have been like women wrestlers, but it was, it pretty much was, wasn't it? Let's be yeah. fair. So, uh, I, I mean, Stephanie's a great shout to be like a really influential female within the wrestling industry, but I don't think as far as women in wrestling go, 
she was going to get it onto my list. Do you know what? I didn't even, until you've just said it now. I didn't even didn't think even about think it. Her. Really, no, me neither, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, it go it goes back to like our very first episode and our first ever sort of letter or email we got in from Paul. If you remember, he mentioned about Vince McMahon. I think Vince is exactly the same. Vince is, is a WWE champion in his own right, but you know, it's um, you just don't think of him as a wrestler. You think of him as a character, certainly, but yeah, I, th- I think it's the same thing with Steph a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, it's really interesting. We do appreciate the list getting put on YouTube as well. I love um, it. I love it. I love seeing everybody else's. And that, we've said before, it's it's all about opinion and stuff, right? And yeah, people, people. Do you know what? As well, this will gen- definitely be a generational thing. Like yeah. there's, you probably ask somebody who might be, say, 10, 15 years younger than us, their list of greatest WWE champions, and Roman Reigns will probably be top of the list. You'll ask somebody who's 10, 15, 20 years older than us, and it'll be fucking Nick Buckwinkle or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> it is quite generational, to be fair. But I think where we both fit in quite nicely, mate, is we're students of the game. We like getting involved. We like mm-hmm. looking at stuff. We like the history and. And yeah, it's uh, it's good fun. I I love hearing people chat. Like I get messages all the time from people who are like, "What the fuck? How have you got such and such there and <laughs> such and such here and they're not on the list? And what the fuck Shields talking about? He's on his ass." And like you know, most of the time, most of the time that's, that's what it just is. you saying people, that. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, Randy Orton and uh, 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 Cody Rhodes. But there we go. But hey, uh, do you know what, mate? Like I love it. I'm, I'm getting so much. So much joy out of it yeah and the the logan paul chat last week got mm. a lot of um got a lot of feedback and a lot of discussion from from a few people who were messaging me and and i think if we it's that mixture isn't it we're keeping on top of stuff or trying to keep on top of stuff as, as fresh as we can depending on when we're recording this but yeah. i think the the discussion of the news and the modern day stuff is is um it's good to throw in there as well so um i you tagged me in something this morning on Twitter that Logan mm-hmm. Paul, um, the little comment he made about about the quote unquote botch, and yep. I'm just going to say I love being right. There's nothing better in this world than me being right about something. I'm just going to leave that there. No, you and have a sip on my beverage. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, and you know, fair play to Logan Paul for coming out and sort of admitting that he's sort oh, of yeah. he wasn't in the right place. And I think big time I, again that shows. Uh, a class, a, a, a near respect for the business, the fact he can hold his hands and go, I mean, we all know kayfabe's dead, right? I mean, we all know that it's predetermined and all that jazz, but, you know, mistakes can cause significant injuries, you know? And, you know, he mm-hmm. held his hands up and said, look, yeah, I was in the wrong position. Um, and you, you have to with this as well. Like, you, you, can't, you can't hide behind it because the guys who you're going in there with, like... Yeah. Let's be honest, if he's in like a Royal Rumble, for example, people don't forget this stuff. No. So if he hadn't have come out and said, oh, yeah, sorry, guys, like, sorry, lads, yeah, it was my bad or whatever. If he was like, oh, yeah, fucking Ray, this and, and Ray that, I guarantee Ray's got a lot more friends than Logan has. Yeah. And I guarantee he will have a lot more potatoes thrown at him than Ray Mysterio would as well. So I think they need to, people need to understand that it's it's not ballet. It is not ballet out there, kids, yeah. believe me. I think what's also important as well is, like, he has... Obviously, he's, he's very talented, like we talked about last week, but mm-hmm. it's only mm-hmm. his fifth match. You know, he can come out and say, look, mm-hmm. I made a mistake. I'm green as shit. You know, that, that's, you know, fair play to him. He held oh, yeah, big up. time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, you can't take that away. 
you can't take that away. If I do sound a little bit weird tonight, guys, as well, we'll just we'll put a little um, a little sort of caveat in here. I am recording this from a hotel in Snowdonia on the jankiest homemade rig that I could possibly get into a backpack. So I've got a microphone and my laptop and my pad and I'm ready to go. Like I'm just <laughs> that yeah, so work. Sound... that's an absolute shoot. <laughs> that's a shoot. So like, I'm literally I'm right next door to the surf center in Snowdonia. Apparently they've got a big surfing thing here. So but um if I do sound a little bit different and sound a little bit off or whatever, that's why. But well, we we want to get the content out for you guys, and we didn't want to mess it up this week. So, um, Shield's got a busy week coming up. We wanted to get it done before the weekend. What are you doing on Friday into Saturday, Shields? Want to explain? I am doing a twenty-four hour charity stream on Friday, starting seven o'clock UK time. Twitch.tv forward slash Human Shields. Um, we're raising money for cancer research. Uh, our family's been sort of affected by. Um, cancer for a few years now. Uh, Monkol. He's a survivor of cancer. He's recently done that, but also we've had like some bad news in terms of wider family members not being so lucky, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, me and my sister, Mrs. Bun, she's going to be. We're going to be streaming for twenty four hours on Twitch. I'll be on YouTube as well. So plug in Human Shields. Go and give me a sub on YouTube. Uh, that would be grand. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. Like Coxie says. Also, guys, I mean. But we're going to just go into the plug of the, the podcast again. If you want to take the piss out of Hoxie being in a CD room in a hotel in Snowdonia, then please email us in at wrestlemark10 at gmail.com. You can tweet us as well, mark underscore out of 10. That's if you don't want to leave a comment on our YouTube channel, like I said. Uh, if you haven't given us a five-star rating, well, ask yourself why not. Just do it. Hit the five stars. Uh, and also make sure you do share the podcast with your friends, your mum, your dad, your granny, your vet, whoever. Everybody that's got an inclination for wrestling, it does help the podcast grow. One person, all you've got to do is share to one person. We showed you last week how easy it is. If you're on Spotify, you've got the three little dots. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is press that, press share, WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and just one person. Just pick one person and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this, mate. I want to let's let's crack into it, mate. I'm we'll excited. It. But before we get into that, as the market of ten audience know, Hoxie, we always talk about a bit of news in the wrestling mm-hmm. business this week. Mm-hmm. And interesting the, news this week. Interesting. Is. So the one, the only Vince McMahon is intending to sell 8.4 million of his shares. Uh, um, in the TKO TKO Group. So if you don't know that um, WWE was bought over. Uh, by essentially the parent company of the UFC, the TKO Group. Um, now, Vince had 28 million shares as of August just passed, according to like a regulatory fi- filing. Now, that's that's about that's valued at about $700 million, right? Those uh, 8.4 million shares. I mean, how's he going to survive with only $700 million? But the question I'm going to ask you, Hoxie, right? Should we read anything into this? Is this the beginning of the end of Vinnie Mac? So this <clears throat> this is a tough one. Obviously, you never know what Vince is going to do. He's a very smart guy. We all know this. He's a lot fucking smarter than me. I guarantee mm-hmm. that. But when you're the whole the way through this, he like Ari Emanuel, um, who is the CEO of TKO, mm-hmm. um, Mark Shapiro as well, which is the COO. Um, they've all they've done all the way through this is put him over like big time you know what i mean like we can't do this without vince like 
he's pivotal he was a he, he changed the game we need him on board blah blah blah, blah. like whether they were I, I would imagine Vince is smart enough to know that was probably lip service if that was what they were doing um, you would hope he is um, but he kind of was the guy that made all of this happen to begin with. I know, obviously, he's had his run-ins lately with his issues with with um, certain legal staff um, in his employ at some point, which is obviously going to cause a lot of ripples throughout what, the, the shareholders and the and the board and stuff, which is obviously why he went in the first place. You know what I mean? So he's came back like this. It was like Jesus coming out of the cave or whatever after so after so often, and we, like none of the shit is stuck to him, and he's ended up being the pivotal part of this massive like endeavor and WWE joint venture sort of thing. And it's it fascinates me how how this is going to play out. Obviously, the, the chunk of the sales it, it could indicate that he's that he's in, his intention is to get out, isn't it? You know what I mean? Sort of, it, mate. I. I for, for once, obviously, this is the business of the wrestling business, and I love how all this works, and I love all the the, the, the inclination and the ins and outs of it and stuff, but I, I don't know where this will go, whether he's being forced out, whether you've seen it as a way out, whether there's stuff going on behind the scenes where it's a bit like, shit, I need to get out while I can and sort of keep hold of this money. Um I mean, I think Ari Emanuel and, and Shapiro, I think they're, they're actually wanting to buy a lot of the shares um, as well to sort of improve their sort of stakeholder within the company as well. Um, I, I just, it's crazy. Like imagine this, this is crazy scenario. Um, Vince pulls out of the deal with, of, of TKO knowing that their shares are going to absolutely fall on their ass when he does that. You know what I mean? They go from whatever, I don't know. I don't even know how much to share. Say it's 100 quid. And everyone thinks, oh shit, Vince is going. He's the guy that's fucking running the gaff. Like, it's going to be on its arse without him. And all of the share prices fall. And then he goes back in and buys a shitload more of them for less money. I don't know if that could work or if that's like a game plan or even that could be a possibility. But I wouldn't put it past Vince doing something crazy like that. Like, oh. I still have the power without actually having the power and just selling all of his shit and then buying them all back or buying twice as many back when they when they sort of hit the fan. I don't I don't know if that's even a thing, but I mean he's he's getting on a bit now, and he let's be fair, he's what is he he's nearly 80, 70, 78, 78. 78. So he's getting on a bit now, right? You know what I mean? So does he want to be around? I know he's oh, the only time they'll take it out of me is my cold dead hands and all this, that and the other. I just think it's a fascinating scenario that we're in right now with with Vince, and I can't really. I'm trying to think like I can't really like. I can't really comment on this part because I don't know about this part. If that makes sense, I just think it's mad. Like, imagine Vince selling seven hundred million million dollars worth of shares and then going and setting up or buying into another wrestling company. Imagine if that was to happen. Holy shit! Be carnage. Hey. I think it's quite interesting you said about Ari Emanuel and Mark Shapiro giving, paying him lip service. I, I always get the impression it could be like, you know, we talked about the original screw job last week. We talked about Montreal slightly. It could, it could be the, like the billionaire screw job coming in, paying him lip service, and then just going to pull the rug from under him just now. It's Literally take his legs out. Yeah. 100%. That would be so cool. I think what's interesting is that 
you know, every, every, well, I mean, I've seen people saying, well, you know, it's just it's standard business practice, blah, blah, blah. The interesting thing is TKO aren't selling any shares. You know, it is all Vince. So I, I don't know. I don't know what way it's going to go. Is it a case of Vince just wants to get out? He's wanting to cash it in just now? Or is he going to be pushed over? I mean, it was a question I was going to ask you. When will he step down? Do you think he ever will? I always got the impression that Vince was going to die in the job. You know, and yes, you know, yeah. I always thought that, but the the sort of movements that WWE's been made in terms of no longer being under sort of the McMahon family name anymore. You know, it's it's a totally different it's a different entity altogether now. It's not family run business type thing. It's something totally different. I just do you think he wants it as much? <clears throat> I I don't think he knows. I know that's going to sound really yeah, yeah. bad. I think I, I think he's in a bit of a bad way. Obviously, he's had his. He's had his, his medical, he's obviously had his surgery, didn't he? So he's had his back done. He's in a bad way when you look at him. Um, he looks ill. Obviously, he looks really ill. And I don't want to, I'm not wishing bad on anybody at all. You know what I mean? That's not that's not what I'm saying. But there's got to be a time where you might need to sort of just stay step away and sort of crack on with the rest of your life. But it's all Vince has ever known, isn't it, really, since he was... Since he was a kid, he's been involved in wrestling and he's owned it since the eighties. So yep. it's, it's all he's known, really. And and I agree. Like I, I never thought I would see him sell. So I, I, I honestly think something is going on that we don't know about for him to just even get involved with the whole endeavor situation with the TKO yep. um, merger, um, the endeavor merger. Sorry. So there's probably more than meets the eye. There's probably more than we'll ever find out potentially. Um, but it'll be fucking interesting when it all does come out. But it just it fascinates me, like for him to to be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll sell stuff that I own in something that was mine. Mm. It just doesn't. There's something there. There's something got to be there. He's he's gonna have a plan. He'll always have a plan, whether the plan works or backfires. I don't know. Um, but it'd be it'll be so interesting when it does. There's always a swerve, bro. There's always a swerve, mate. <laughs> we, we know this, right? That's good shit. But I know, um, I know Endeavor weren't. I know Endeavor were in a little bit of not bother, but they were. Um, what do they call it? Is it strategic, strategic alternatives or whatever? Yeah. Because um, I know they were having a couple of issues with a few things. So whether they're going to go down this route or whatever, or whether Vince just wants out because he just he knows where it's going to go. I don't know. It's really interesting. It's really interesting, but it's a big thing. It's a really big thing. Or he's just freeing up some more money to go and go to court and fight his legal battles. Because um, Jerry McDermott, who was his lawyer forever and a day, um, I know he pulled out of the legal counsel. He pulled out of this fight, which is it either says a lot or it says nothing. Um, I would go with the the, the former <laughs> rather than the latter. Um, I think it's a really interesting situation that we're going into with with Vince. It's like, yeah, he's just, he's crazy. He's become like a bit of a, he's become Mr. McMahon, hasn't he? Really, yeah. when you look at it, <laughs> which is not, he, well, your character wasn't far from him at all, was it? Let's be fair. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. It's interesting developments within the world of wrestling. So that's been yeah. our news of the week. Obviously, there are other things that happen, but we only choose one thing to talk about, and I thought that gave us a bit of legs just now. But mm -hmm. Hoxie, as I said, it's the main event. Top 10 pay-per-views. I mean, we like to make it easy on ourselves, right? Jesus Christ. 
I found this really, really difficult. Um, there's so many excellent pay-per-views throughout history, right? Across not just WWE, WWF, like AEW, TNA, you go to WCW, Japan. But there's some stinkers as well, don't get, don't get me wrong, right? There's some howlers, but um, I found it really difficult to distinguish what goes on my list and what doesn't. So my... Men, again, I always go in and how I came about my list. I looked at either a pay-per-view that was excellent from top, um, from first match to main event, or I went for a couple of matches that were just standout performers, or something that had a major significant in the wrestling significance in the wrestling business. So that's my sort of mental model. Um, I don't know about you, you. Did you find this easy? Did you find it difficult? When I started going, when I when I started like got going with the list, it was the easiest list that I've done so wow. far. Okay. Um, do you know what? Obviously, last week I was saying, "Oh my god, there was like nearly twenty people on there, and I had to whittle it down and and all that sort of stuff." For me, it was like right, bang, 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 bang. Like the the top sort of. I'm looking at my notes here. Probably the top, the top seven, top well, the seven, seven or eight were a slam dunk straight away. So it was only nine and ten I really had to think about, and I didn't have to think about them that hard. And I had a couple of extras, and I was like, okay. And they were off the list pretty quick. It's the easiest list I've done so far. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> I don't know. What. I don't know, but we'll we'll find out, right? Yeah, absolutely. we will find out. I think it's going to be very unlikely that we're going to have... There's, there is so many good pay-per-views that's happened throughout history. I think it's unlikely we're going to get a lot of them matching. Again, it's going to be interesting. Right, okay, let's get into it. Top 10 pay-per-views. Hoxie, I want you to go first. Number 10, I'm really intrigued to see what you've got here. Your number 10 is what? So my number 10, straight in, mate, is WrestleMania 3. Okay. Um, it is all about one match for me, basically. So um, it was at the Pontiac Silverdome in Michigan, March 29th, 1987. Um, it's quite funny that a lot of like really cool things happened in 87, which is when I was born, so that's cool. Um, Fucking an attendance. There, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was all downhill from there, mate, definitely. Um, basically, they say there's an attendance of about 78,000 there was probably about 14 people there, but the WWE like to pour it on, don't they? So, um, but it, it literally, it, it all boiled, boiled down to that just humongous, massive, massive payoff between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute, but what we've got to look at as well is possibly, possibly, even to this day, whatever WrestleMania we're on now, fucking 720, um, one of the best, if not up there with the best WrestleMania matches of all time is Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage. Savage. Yeah. Um, you speak to any real wrestling fan or a fan of pro wrestling, and they will bring that up there as one of the best matches ever, if not one of the best WrestleMania matches of, of, of all time. Um, Steamboat, we, 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 I think we had a chat about this, or we've had a chat about this before, where Steamboat obviously was that old school worker introduced in the way of calling it in the ring and just being one of those guys randy savage like weeks and weeks and weeks before it's a great little story about this randy savage 
you know in in America they've got those yellow legal pads? They're basically A4 paper, like lined paper legal pads. Mm-hmm. He had like thirty pages of a legal pad written with every single move in that match, down to like where to go, what to do, the pin count, the kick, a punch, a throw, a hold, a, a whatever. And he gave it to Steamboat, and Steamboat thought it was a rib. He was like. Yeah, yeah, Randy, like, yeah, no worries. Randy, he was like, no, no, brother. Like, you, you need to take this on board and have this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dig it. You got to get the legal bed, dig it. <laughs> and uh, and Steamboat was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And every time they'd bump into each other at, like, a, a house show or whatever, he'd be like, be like, hey, Ricky, if you managed to look over the papers, brother, you know what I mean? Giving it the whole, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I've had a look at them. And it got to the day of this, like the day of the show, pretty much. And he was like, "You need, like, if you'd sorted it out, you need to fucking look at this. We, we, we're going to go out there, and this is what we're going to do." And like Ricky, until the day of the show, legitimately thought it was a rib. And they went out there, and he had to like work by looking at the paper really quickly, and then just feeling it and working it in the match. So it's like one of the best WrestleMania matches ever, obviously for the IC title. Yep. And it was basically written down on a piece of paper. Well, I'll say a piece of paper, thirty pieces of paper, or whatever it was prior to the show which is nuts to me when you look at those guys who you think is in the match um but yeah it's just an amazing little a little story a little aside but yeah the main event the, like it was just the culmination of 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 that huge feud massive massive game changer this probably to, WrestleMania 1 was a big thing WrestleMania 2 was a bit like okay but I don't I think if they didn't have Andre and Hogan if they didn't have that body slam they didn't have Hogan breaking his back in front of 150,000 people or whatever he said he did like that mm. night. I don't think, I, I think wrestling would have been very different and the WWE would have been very, very different as well. Yeah. It was all, I mean, you look at the card, like the card's got 12 matches on it. They're all like five, like five minutes, seven minutes, three minutes, four minutes. Like it was all a bit of, it was just to get people on, on the card really. Yeah. And then you've got the main event, Hulk Hogan and Andre with, with Bobby Heenan. Like Bobby Heenan sold that match. He received a very, very, very substantial amount of money as a payoff for that. By the way, he literally looked after Andre for the months leading up to it with a with the promos, making sure he was everywhere he needed to be. I think Bobby Heenan probably made just as much money as Hogan and Andre did for that show, which is nuts. But like pay per view buys and like I said, it just it was a game changer. There's lots of wrestlers big wrestlers um who have been around forever in the wwe or wherever wcw whatever and they'll look back at that match and say that was the match that wanted them to make one that was the match that wanted them to be a wrestler if you know what i mean and i think there's probably a lot of people out there probably some people who are listening to the show now as well who who probably started their wrestling love or fandom because of that match as well so yeah, it was. It's got to be. It slipped in at number ten because there's there's way more important matches to me and at, at shows to me on here. Uh, but for me, WrestleMania three, Pontiac Silverdome, hundred and seventy million people watching Hulk Hogan body slam Andre the Giant, brother. Yeah, that's an awesome show. WrestleMania three is. I, th- I get it's not on my list, but I understand why it was on my sort of wider list. You know, it's like it's one of those ones that. I'm very interested how you're going to justify these these shows. I can I can I can understand how 
I can understand how you're going to do it because you're going to do it by the way you want to do it, which is yeah. that's the way we all do it. But that surprised me. That surprises uh, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Big yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, Big time. Does it really surprise you that yeah. much? Yeah. Okay. I, Interesting. I, you're you're a slightly um, you're a slightly uh, greater vintage than me as well, John. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Only slightly. Um, so I thought you would have been all wrapped up in that. I thought you would all been wrapped up in the red and yellow and the uh, the body slam. Genuinely, that's yeah. fascinated me. Intr- well, it is what it is. We, we'll, we'll it, is what it, is. It, it is, is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> I mean, as I say, there are. To be fair, I'm I'm, an, I'm annoyed. I mean, we'll soon find out. Okay, again, it's down to, as I said before, my mental model, and it's down to again, as ever, with all the lists that we've talked about, it's about like something that sticks with us forever, right? That that's that's so that's the sort of the route I went down. Um, so my number ten, Hoxie, is actually SummerSlam nineteen ninety two in the old Wembley Wembley Arena. Okay, yeah. um, basically two of the matches that are the standout is the first main event was obviously Ultimate Warrior up against Macho Man Randy Savage. I know Warrior's not your favourite person uh, for the World Heavyweight title. Uh, Ultimate Warrior won the match by countout after interference with Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair. Um, two people that I, I love Mr. Perfect and I love Ric Flair. We've, I think we've, we've noted that beforehand. Um, but for me, the one that you've got to that always comes back to the one that sort of gives you goosebumps a little bit. It's that old fashioned UK pop, you know, it's British Bulldog against Bret Hart for Intercontinental Championship. Um, you know, it's, it's such a, such a good match. You've got Bret with the technical brilliance, as we've discussed before with Bret, you've got Bulldog just being a big bruising bastard. Um, goes, goes on and on and on. And Bret Hart pinned, Bret Hart is pinned by Davy Boy Smith. And then Great it's, finish as well. It's Great a super finish. finish. Yeah, brilliant finish. And then, you know, it's the bit where Davy Boy Smith and Diana Hart are in the ring. They're looking to shake hands with Brett. Brett says no. And then it's the hug. You know, it's the, the re- sort of reunion side of it. I just think it, it's sort of that perfect storytelling. You know, it's, it, it's it's real life. We talk about this before. Me and you have talked about this many times. It's like, you know, real life sort of selves. You know, it's a case of real life problems and stuff. And, and I think that just is... She knows she was drawing money. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a perfect example of that. You know, this particular SummerSlam, I think that match was actually voted like the best SummerSlam match of all time. I, I think that's still true to this uh, this date. I oh, think it's class. It is class. It's yeah, so it's brilliant. Good. I think yep. official, well, official in inverted commas, somewhere like <laughs> 79,000 roughly, maybe take away a few like folk. Um, so about 79,000 in Old Wembley the place was absolutely bouncing I think it was the 7th largest gate in WWE history apparently I think that was up until recently um, and I think if you think back to 1992 WWF made over $3.5 million between ticket sales and merchandise sales for that one event and that just shows you the strength of like the UK wrestling uh, if you if think about how much that is in today's money, I know, I know we're talking only 1992, but we're still talking a couple of decades, you know, and oh, I it's a lot of money. It's a, yeah. it's a big, big um, bit of money. And I think whenever I think about like Bret Hart, I always come back to that. I know we, everybody thinks about Sean's, Sean's feud with him and stuff, but I always think about the Davy Boy Smith and just 
just that pop, it's still, it's still, it does, it gives you sort of goosebumps a little bit. So yeah, for me, it's SummerSlam 1992, my number 10. The, um, the match between Davey and, and Brett, um, Brett has said, I think he's, he said it in his book and he's obviously said it in a lot of interviews and stuff as well. Like Davey obviously was going through a lot of stuff at the yeah. time. His issues are very well documented, but this is always allegedly, um, he literally didn't know what day of the week it was. He said, like, two minutes into the match, he was like, Brett, I'm fucked. Help me. <laughs> like that. And Brett just had to say to him, just just listen to me. Listen. And when you have a match, it, that goes to show, A, how good Brett is, because it's the biggest match that they probably both had up to that point in their careers. So it's probably safe to say. Um, for him to bring that out of Davey, and for Davy to be just that naturally good, just to work, <clears throat> just to work on instinct alone to get through that match, um, was amazing. And and I agree, it was, it's an unreal show. Um, it's not on my list. Do you know I mentioned okay. to you earlier on? Just like there's a there was a couple that just slipped off. Yeah, yeah. Um, that nearly snuck in. That would have been probably number eleven, mate. To be fair, um, and and I, as you can probably tell, listeners, guys listening to this show. I'm not Scottish at all, but somebody else on the show actually is a real Scotsman. You don't put that accent on, do you? It's not no, fake. No, no, I'm actually yeah. a real Scotsman. I he's, he's re- real. You're real. <laughs> um, the bit where Piper comes out so with good. all the bagpipes, like, that gives me goosebumps. Like, that's one of my favourite parts of the show. It's so good. It's a brilliant, brilliant show. I think we've done that as a watch-along through COVID. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Not long after I started streaming, right? Not after, not long after I started speaking to you. Yeah, to be right. fair, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a good show to watch. Really good show. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, we can't argue with that, mate. Not going to argue with that at all. Cool. That's a, it's a solid start from both of us. I think. Yeah, I think. great start. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to man number uh, nine. So chat, uh, chat. I'm thinking my streamer mode. Uh, for all the <laughs> listeners, what we do is whoever starts at number ten. The other person has then two goes, then it goes over to the next person. They have two goes. So my number nine is WrestleMania 19 for a variety of different ma- uh, different reasons, um, especially matches. In terms of memorable um, things that happened, I think probably the most famous one is Brock almost dying against Kurt Angle with the botched super star- uh, <laughs> uh, shooting star press. That was... The, the fact that he attempted it, fair play, but... He almost like died, man. It's like he landed on his head. I, 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 I definitely think if he didn't have the size of neck that he did, he'd be dead. Well, they they said that, didn't they? Yeah. If he wasn't the size he was, he would have been either paralyzed or dead. Hundred yeah. um, percent. Then you've got obviously probably well the culmination of one of the greatest feuds in modern history. It's the the final one between The Rock and Stone Cold. You know, the, the third match. The last of the trilogy. The last yep. of the trilogy. You know, um, The Rock tried to... He didn't win with the people's elbow. He got two rock bottoms. Um, and then it was the third rock bottom that finally got him. You know, that was Austin's last match. Again, significant until, obviously, recently we with Kevin Owens, etc. But, yeah, it's... Um, there's so many memorable things. You've got uh, the street fight, Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon. You know, it's just... You know, Vince McMahon doing a test of strength with Hulk Hogan. It's like, are you, are you taking the piss? I mean, what, what the fuck's going on? But, you know, <laughs> then Roddy Piper interfering with that match. It's, you know, it's just a whole host of different things. But for me, the match of the night's got to be Jericho versus Shawn Michaels. You know, two of the greatest in ring performers. Chris Jericho's became a bit of a meme of himself in his most 
recent work, obviously. But yeah. I think that match is just uh, again. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a wrestler. I'm. I'm not someone that trains wrestlers. But I would imagine that's the sort of match that you would go and say, right, watch this. Just watch the sort of intricacies of it, and it's the storytelling within it as well. It's the, you know, the again, it's real life. You know, Jericho. Um, Jericho loved Shawn Michaels. He felt betrayed by him. It's all that sort of. It's just real life stuff that comes into the feud. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just so good. And yeah, I mean, there's so many top to bottom matches of that pay per view. I just think you you've got to do it. I mean, uh, Triple H as well, like against Booker T, winning the World Heavyweight Championship for like the ten millionth time or whatever. Underrated match though. Underrated yeah, yeah, 100%. match. Sleeper match, big time. Yep. I mean, Undertaker pulling out another like match against Big Show and A Train. You know that was the one that was supposed to be Nathan <laughs> Jones' tag team match. But you know, <laughs> Taker being the the consummate professional still pulls it out because it's a fucking Undertaker, right? Yeah. Um, Matt Hardy beating Rey Mysterio. You know, cruiserweight championship. It's there's a whole. It was one of Rey Mysterio's first matches. There it wasn't was, it? Was yeah, yep. You know, it's just everything. Uh, you had. Charlie uh, Haas, Haas and um, Shelton Benjamin up against Rhino and Chris. It was Chris Benoit and Rhino and Los Guerreros as well. Eddie and Chavo again, another awesome match. If you look at the people that are involved there, take Rhino out of the equation. Fuck that for a barrel of biscuits. But you had Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas, who were like one of the best tag teams at that particular time. You had um, Chris Benoit. I mean, we're not going to mention Chris Benoit a lot on this podcast. I just think it's total scumbag for what he did, you know, but you can't you can't take away for the, the performer he was in the ring. Okay, and that's the only time I'm probably going to mention Chris Benoit ever on this podcast. <laughs> and then you've got Eddie and Chavo as well. You know, it's just there's so many good matches in WrestleMania nineteen. I think it there's other WrestleMania's that are pro- well are above it, in my opinion. Um one of which I think probably is going to be on both our lists at one point. Um but yeah it's for me WrestleMania uh, nineteen is just incredible. Number nine. Oh, a fun little story: the um, the Jericho match and the uh, Jericho Shawn Michaels match. Mm-hmm. Jericho said that he was um, he was really nervous and like not worried, but like really like oh my god, like what am I going to do? He's my hero. Like first time I've wrestled like wrestled with bloody bloody blah, blah. He's a legend. This that and the other. He's come back. I want to make sure he doesn't make a prat of himself. Bloody bloody blah, blah. He was in a. He was in a, like a shop, like a clothes shop, and he was at the till, paying for some like shorts or whatever. And he was like, "Oh my god!" And it like came into his head, and he was like, "Have you have you got some paper and a pen?" And the woman printed off like, do you know, on the till rolls, you can like press the button and it reels off the the receipt. He basically wrote the finish to the match, like the big the big finish to the match on the till roll, and he had it with him for weeks and weeks. And he got to the venue. With Sean and said, Sean, like I don't want to be like, like a geek or anything, but I've got this match. Like I've got the the, the finish, like the second half of the match written down on this piece of paper. And he was like, Well, that's amazing because I've got the first half of the match written down. And it was like, Okay, we're going to be all right. And that was it. They just put the two matches together, uh, like their half. One person had one half, the other person had the other half, <laughs> and it just came to them at like random points in the day. And they were like, Yeah, we're going to be all right. Don't worry. And that was it. And the magic happened. I just love little stories like that. I think it's incredible. Um, it's not very often that a lot of wrestlers will actually write stuff down. 
Yeah. Um, it needs to be like a big deal or like a really extenuating circumstances for that to happen. Um, and for when you you think about Shawn Michaels and Jericho, you think, oh my God, they're just like the best ever. They won't be writing stuff down, but they did for that match because it was really important and it was great. And the handshake hug, kick yeah. to the nuts finish was just jet kiss. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Great shout. It's like um, Jer- Jericho, yeah. it, like his heel work is so good. Like, mm-hmm. Jer- like I don't think he gets the credit for being such a good heel that he deserves. You know, I think whenever you think of like Chris Jericho, you think of like Y two J. I'm talking about WWE, WWF, Chris Jericho. You think about him, like Y two J, like interrupting the Rock, like you know the, like he, he was obviously a heel then, but like he became the baby face and he he was the reliable baby face. You know, taking the piss out of Stephanie McMahon, stuff like that. But his heel work is so good, and like I say, recently he's becoming a bit of a meme of himself. Mm-hmm. But if you take that away, again. He would have to be in a conversation about a goat, you know, on, on a Mount Rushmore in terms of, again, longevity. We use that word a lot in the podcast. We talk about longevity of Jericho and the ability to change his character. I, I, I think Jericho's phenomenal, honestly, so yeah. good. Yeah, for, for a long time, I'd say for, for most of the time, he he was my favourite, or yeah. is, slash was, is... Um, I just think the last couple of years of him sort of being let loose a bit too much is probably taking the shine away from me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I love Jericho, the reinvention and the and the, the character, like the, the the heel and the face and his matches and his work and stuff, which we might probably talk about in a little bit at some point. But yeah, I just think he's yeah he's he's great, but he's he's becoming like you say a bit of a meme really, and it's sad. It's sad. You have a die. You have a die hero, or live long enough to become the villain, mate. Apparently. So yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. You put that on a t-shirt, Hoxie. Oh, <laughs> watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's my number nine. WrestleMania nineteen. Handing over to yeah. you. Your number nine. Right, uh, number nine. Sorry, I just chucked a sweet in my mouth really quickly. To, uh, to... <laughs> I thought you were going to finish off with another line or two. Um, my number nine is. SummerSlam 2002. Oh, okay. This emanated from the Nassau Coliseum, Nassau Coliseum um, in New York, August 25th, 2002. Attendance of 14,797 and a 547,000 pay-per-view buy rate, which is a big buy rate mm-hmm. for a uh, for a, a sort of a non... It's one of the big four, but it's not a WrestleMania, but it's a big buy rate. Now, the reason I, I spoke about this on one of the shows recently um this is a massive 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 sleeper show when you when you go back and watch this i i put this on the the wwe network about probably five years ago or something just randomly i was thinking i'm just gonna watch a show and i can't remember watching it the first time round, and i put it on and my arse got blown at the top of my head with how good this show is. I'm just going to go through the card really quickly with you. Like, I'm, It's amazing. So the first match is... So this is the curtain jerk. This is, an, this is the opener of the show. It's Kurt Angle against Rey Mysterio. You need to watch this match. If there's one match on this show that you have to go and watch this, it, you have to watch this match. It's nine minutes and 20 seconds of just unreal wrestling. 
There's there's no oh, it's insane. It's one of the best opening matches of any pay per view I've ever seen. It's incredible. Go and watch it. You've got Ric Flair against Jericho, Edge against Eddie Guerrero, Christian and Lance Storm against Booker T and Goldust for the tag match uh, for the tag titles. You've got Rob Van Dam beating Chris Benoit for the Intercontinental Championship, 16 and a half minutes. Just imagine how good that's going to be. Mm. Uh, the Undertaker against Test. Okay, whatever. Shawn Michaels against Triple H in a street fight. The 27 minute, 20 seconds, that's half an hour of them having an absolute barnstormer. And then you've got Brock Lesnar beating The Rock for the Undisputed Championship in the main event. Genuinely, one of the best cards that you will see of that time period. The matches were incredible. The card is unreal. It is a huge, huge sleeper pay-per-view. It's one of my favorite pay-per-views I've ever seen. Now I've, I've watched it a couple of times since I put it on, just to like because it's amazing. Some of the matches, some of the angles, some of the some of the like the, the, the pivotal points. That Shawn Michaels Triple H match is insane. It's incredible. But Kurt, the best match on the show for me is Kurt against Ray. Ten minutes of just non-stop, just non-stop wrestling. It's amazing. I, there's nothing more that I can, I'm not going to go into like little stories or like, oh, this came out of it or this was a big thing or whatever. Just from back to front, stacked. That card is incredible. You have to go out your way to watch this SummerSlam pay-per-view if you haven't watched it. Simple as that. Number nine, SummerSlam 2002. SummerSlam 2002 is on my list. It's for, much further up, just because it is one of my favourite pay-per-views of all time. Uh, I've got... So, I, I might just talk about it just now. In fact, no, I'll wait until, until the end. There's a few little things I want to add on to it. It's just... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you. Quality pay-per-view. I, I, I'm exactly like you. There's certain pay-per-views that I'll watch over and over again, like Royal Rumble, because it's just you know, the pop of the Royal Rumble, right? It's like the 10, 9, 8. Um, and then you've got... <laughs> and then you've got, like, obviously, you've got Mania, just because it's Mania. And this pay-per-view is one that I'll always go back to watch just for a few of those matches that you've just said there. So, yeah, 100% agree with you there, mate. Maybe we can do a watch-along of this or a uh, or a market, a 10 watch-along. Maybe we can do that. That could be a potential for a future episode. We shall so, see, uh, eh? Sounds like a plan, Stan. Okay, Hoxie, your number nine is SummerSlam 2002. Moving on to your number eight. My number eight is um, is my first non-WWE pay-per-view. Um, it is Halloween Havoc 1997. So okay. the reason this made it onto the list... Now, there's a lot of people... Um, there's a lot of the wrestling, quote-unquote, press or whatever that will sort of bang on about this being average or or whatever for me this is my first real memory or at least earliest memory that i have of anything to do with wcw um so halloween havoc is i think eric bischoff has came out and said this a lot of people think that starcade was the wrestlemania like the wcw wrestlemania um eric bischoff came out and said that it was actually halloween havoc they would they would think about Halloween Havoc as being the WrestleMania for WCW that that big show, um, MGM Garden Arena, Grand Garden Arena in in obviously Las Las Vegas, uh, twelve and a half thousand attendants. I'm just going to break the card down really quickly for you. So, Yuji uh, Nagata and Ultimo Dragon opener, Jericho against Gato, Rey Mysterio against Eddie Guerrero. We'll go back to that in a minute. Alex Wright and Stephen Michael gloss over that Disco Inferno and Jacqueline. <laughs> 
Jacqueline actually beat Disco Inferno that night. Um, Kurt Hennig against Ric Flair for the United States Championship. Lex Luger and Scott Hall. Randy Savage against Diamond Dallas Page. And Roddy Piper against Hulk Hogan. Now, for me, the standout match on this show, and it always has been, um, is the Rey Mysterio against Eddie Guerrero match. So it was a title versus mask so Guerrero was the champ. He had the Cruiserweight Championship. Mysterio, obviously, is the mass wrestler. Um, that is one of the best matches you will ever see of any time period. If you had a list of, like, top 50 best matches ever in wrestling, that is going to be towards the top half or maybe within the top 10 of wrestling matches. It is incredible. I need to get a T-shirt made with Incredible on because I, I really do use that a lot. It's it's a joke. <laughs> um, but Rey Mysterio against Eddie Guerrero, that that tiger, the the, the mask, the title mask, um, the title versus mask. It's it's so good. Um, Lex Luger and and Scott Hall is a good bit of fun. Um, Larry Zabisco is the special guest ref, and I love Larry Zabisco. I think he's he's hugely underrated as a as a wrestler and a performer. But Randy Savage versus a DDP, it was like a Las Vegas death match or whatever it was called, a sudden death match or something like that. Hugely underrated match. And then obviously you've got Roddy Piper and Hogan. Any show that's going to have Roddy Piper and Hogan as a, a main event, as long as it's not 2020, oh, 2017, um, <laughs> is going to be a good thing. Oh, God, nearly slipped up then. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, well, cut that out, cut that out. Um, Roddy Piper and, and Hogan, it's not the best main event you'll ever see, but just for nostalgia more than anything else, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, it's great. Great pay-per-view. Like I said, it's one of my earliest introductions, if not my introduction into WCW. And and Mysterio came out in the like the Phantom uh, gimmick. They did that crossover for the Phantom film that came out at the time. Um, the purple purple suit, purple mask, purple suit and stuff. Um, just a great card. And, and that Halloween Havoc entrance as well with the big fucking head and the pumpkin and all that sort of stuff is just amazing. Um, it had to be on there. It's... Not it is a great card or a good card. It's got some great matches on there, but it's what sort of it means to me as well in terms of that WCW introduction. The Halloween Havoc '97 is is definitely up there for me, hundred percent. Number eight. Excellent choice, Hoxie. Halloween Havoc. I agree with you. The Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero is one of the best matches you'll ever see as well. It's just it's so good. It's there's just no other way about it. It's just so good. I wasn't a huge fan of the Roddy Piper and uh, Hogan match because yeah. Hogan and yeah. Piper. But yeah, I agree with you. Piper just brings a different sort of... Um, just brings something different to a pay-per-view. It just brings di something different to your TV screen. Um, miss Roddy Piper. Yes. Great. 100%. Just oh, probably one of the best, if not the best pay-per-view, uh, best promo ever. <sighs> Just so good. Oh, I miss him. I miss him so much. Did you? I sent you the TikTok not that long ago with um, Piper talking. I think it was Jericho, and he, he goes all like properly emotional. It's yeah. like old school's cool. It's like you're fucking right, Piper. Old school yeah. is cool. It's so so yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, oh. Makes me sad. It makes does. me sad, but happy at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, moving on then. Number eight for me. I'm similar to you in terms of it's my first 
non-WWE-WWF pay-per-view. And it's actually TNA Unbreakable 2005. And for no other, I know re- why. No I other know reason why. <laughs> than the three-way match, the X-Division match uh, between AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Christopher Daniels. That match is 23 minutes of absolute Fuckery of awesome. It's that's the old, that's going on a t-shirt as well. Fuckery of awesome. Trademarks, <laughs> human shields. Um, some of the stuff they, they, some of the stuff they do, man. It's that sort of. Everybody knows how good they were in terms of AJ, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels. That match solidified them into the main event stars that they are still today. Obviously, Christopher Daniels didn't get the same sort of. Um, I'm not gonna say fortune because, like you know, he deserved it. It's just AJ Styles and Samoa Joe just are are different class. But I'm a big fan of Christopher Daniels as well. Like mm-hmm. the you know the shooting styles press, you know the the jumping from the ropes or like to the two on the floor. It's just, there, there's so many memorable things. It's just like um, it's, it's just so good. I, it is. I think it's still <laughs> the only. And I know we we say a lot about Uncle Dave, Dave Meltzer. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. You it know? is. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Yeah. It, it is the only five star match in TNA history, I believe. I yeah. think it's still yeah, yeah. the case. And yeah. you know, it, it's it's well deserved, you know. It's uh, AJ Styles won the X Division title that day. Again, it's one of those matches if you haven't seen it, you need to go and see it. I, I mean, it's just it's just so good, man. Just so good. Yeah. I, I, I can't you can't put into words how good the match is. I think there's so many bits that, that you wouldn't do it you wouldn't do it service, you know, you just need to watch it and enjoy it for what it is. So yeah, that just that one match itself, that's why it's on as man number eight. Just it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I do, do you know what, mate? Like now you've said it, like I was like, oh my god. As soon as soon as you said TNA, I knew exactly what fucking <laughs> pay-per-view you were gonna say. Um yeah, I've I had that. Oh so I had that. I've got that. Um I've got a DVD of the pay-per-view, the Unbreakable 2005 pay-per-view. And it used to be worth quite a bit of money. And then some prick put the whole pay-per-view on YouTube and it just lost its value straight away. So I was absolutely gutted. But I got it as part of a big bulk deal like a long time ago. But the card of that show is... uh, Austin Aries and Roderick Strong are on that match. They They do like like a... Sort of like a bit of an exhibition kind of thing. And also, the Abyss and... Sabu, no match on there. Yep. The no DQ match is... Yeah, it says all it, all it needs to say, but... <laughs> Anything with Sabu, then it's just going to be fucking yeah. carnage, right? I mean, then you've got yeah. Bobby Roode against Jeff, uh, Jeff, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Hardy, yeah, yeah, Jeff Hardy. Um, and then you've obviously got Raven versus Rhino as well, the Raven rule match. It's like, again, proper throwback to ECW days, but, you know, the card in general was really, really good, um, but I think... I do, do just, yeah, it, was be, it the first time it, the X Division uh, match main evented? Yeah, yeah. A pay per view. I yeah, think that's I right, so, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it's so good. The some of the spots they do. There's like a spot where he gets. I mean, he gets like monkey flipped out of the corner into like a hurricane rana. I think yes. AJ gets monkey flipped by Daniels out of the corner onto Samoa Joe in like a powerbomb position, and then AJ Styles hurricane rana's Joe. It's so good. The thing is, it's, it's like so you, good. You just don't know how they come up with that. It's like, how do their brains work, man? Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll do this. Oh, yeah. Well, what if you do this onto me? It's like, uh, yeah. Like, it's fucking insane. Yeah. Brilliant. 
Christopher Daniels was meant to have gone to the WWE to be a um, the producer. No, to to be a, an opponent for the Undertaker. And oh, on the is that dark the match, angel gimmick. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the dark match that he had, Vince saw him and was like, "He's he's too small, he's too short to to be a credible threat." So it didn't work out. Foxy, which is sad, really, really sad. I think I think it he went give to credit, um, it went to. Oh my god, the guy with the blonde hair and the white suit and the white cloak, Mordecai. That's who they went with instead, and that just fell on its ass. So yeah, I think Christopher Daniels would have done a far better job, even if he was a foot shorter than Taker, rather than fucking Mordecai. Jesus. Jesus Christmas. Uh... Yeah, so yeah. But yeah, oh mate, yeah, I'm all over that. I'm all over Unbreakable 2005. Fair enough. Yeah, boy. Okay. Yeah, boy. There we go. Solid so far, Hawks. We haven't had the disagreement yeah. yet, which is good. <laughs> Um, okay, it's because we both like good wrestling, mate. That's why. That's it. I'm sh- I'm shocked that WrestleMania three isn't on your list. Yeah. But like I said, it's not like a it's not a falling out thing. But we both know good wrestling, mate. And if anybody's listening to this, is thinking I've never seen that, never seen this match, or never seen that match, or whatever, go out and have a look at it. Go out and find it. You'll you know, enjoy it. AJ mm. Styles, Daniels, Mojo, Triple Threat for the X Division Championship. Get involved. Okay, okay. So that was my number eight, TNA Unbreakable 2005. Moving on to my number seven. Um, this one is more about, again, there are a few good matches on it, uh, which we'll talk about in a wee second, but it's actually Royal Rumble 2001. Okay, and I think this is due to the fact it is on the road to um, a pay-per-view we'll probably talk about later on with um, Stone Cold Steve Austin winning the uh, the Royal Rumble match. You know, it got down to him and Kane. There was cheer shots. It was all manners of fuckery, which was awesome. There was a ladder <laughs> match with Chris Jericho and, well, I said I was never going to mention him, but Chris Benoit again. That was like, I think it went about 20 minutes again for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. I think that particular period for the Intercontinental Championship, there were some phenomenal matches, you know, in terms of Jericho, Benoit. You, had, you then had RVD in the mix and you had a whole host of people just incredible incredible you then had Kurt Angle and Triple H for the WWF title again about half an hour roughly they went on for Kurt Angle was with Trish Stratus at the time and then obviously Triple H with Steph etc Dudley Boys versus Edge and Christian again we talked about how good the Dudley Boys and E&C were as well everything on that match was sort of Ivory um, lost to China Um, no sorry Ivory beat China um, at that Royal Rumble to win the Women's Championship to end China's reign. Um, but yeah, for me, just because of, again, we're, we're probably going to talk about it later, it, it is the sort of stepping stone to an even better storyline at the very end. Um, but yeah, for me, 2001, just simply because of the different bits it did for other storylines moving forward i can't really talk about it because it's later on in my list but yeah it's a, it's a precursor to be fair royal rumble 2001. also that particular royal rumble had about six hundred thousand buys which is like the third highest number in royal rumble history as well so it's like it's a it's a big royal rumble 2001 that was also when they brought back the cool poster yeah. of having all of the guys like it was like an it was like a heart back to like one of the OG Royal Rumble mm-hmm. posters where they're all on the front like in like a carrot car- like uh, cartoon kind of yeah, thing yeah. yeah 
yeah, that's. So that was in New Orleans. Yeah. The New Orleans. Area. New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Mate, I, as soon as you started like going through the card and like mentioning it and stuff, like all the things are coming back to me. That's a big. That's a big buy rate for a for six hundred thousand for a Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's a big buy rate. There's some good, good shit. The stuff, mate. The stuff back then in that era. Era in that era. Those sort of few years. It was just. It was all going off, wasn't it? Fucking hell. Mm. So good. That, Brilliant. That was, that, yeah. This was the Royal Rumble where Drew Carey was in and tried to offer Kane money and then Kane refused and then just <laughs> he eliminated himself. He, I can always remember it. Drew Carey sort of looks at the hard cam, <laughs> waves and then puts himself over the top rope. It's like fucking... <laughs> it's so Fuck good. This. <laughs> Fuck this shit. I'll see you later. It's oh so my good. God. Oh man. Yes, so that's my number seven. I'm not going to go much into it because it's, like I say, it's more of a precursor to uh, later pay-per-view. But um, yeah, Royal Rumble 2001 is my number seven, Hoxie. Over to yourself, my good friend. Brilliant. Love that. Um, My number seven is Money in the Bank 2011. So everybody out there who knows what this show is all about, this is basically a one-match show. Um... It was from the Rosemont, uh, sorry, the Allstate Arena, which used to be the Rosemont Horizon. Um, 14,850, 15 people. It only had a, a slightly, it was a 200,000 buy rate. Less than that, 185, I think. Yeah. 195,000 buy rate, um, which probably tells me that it's going to be on your list. <laughs> it is on my list, yeah. It is, yeah. There's no way you pulled that out your ass there, like, oh, it's 195,000. <laughs> um, I'm wait, very knowledgeable about the rest of this, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dying. That's incredible. But, okay, so it's it's all about the one match. It's all about the one match. Um, sleeper match, Christian and Randy Orton. Yeah. We had a chat about this recently, didn't we? The Christian, yeah. the Christian Randy Orton thing is the best thing Randy Orton ever did in his life. Chris, that that world heavyweight championship feud was was amazing, but unbelievable. CM Punk against John Cena. Um, one of the one of my favorite matches ever. Um, they got given like went with intros close to forty minutes mm-hmm. as a main event for a quote unquote B pay per view, mm-hmm. a forty minute main event. That's like WrestleMania level shit for me. Yep. Um, the whole thing. So CM Punk, his his uh, contract was coming up. He was he, he wanted the championship. This was the, following the whole pipe bomb thing. We will talk about the pipe bomb thing in, in length at, at some point, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, the pipe bomb promo um, in quote-unquote Chicago, so like Illinois, you know what I mean, sort of Chicago area, CM Punk's backyard, um, Cena being the... Cena was the heel mm. in this match. I don't care what anyone says. The only thing that saved him was the finish. He had to work the way he did in order to get that match over. Fair play to Cena. Loads of people give Cena shit. I had this conversation in my fucking best WWE champions of all time yep. episode. CM, uh, Cena gets shit on by a lot of people, but he's one of the best to fucking ever do it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and CM Punk goes out there with him and just makes magic for 33 minutes and 44 seconds. Um, 
the CM Punk chants before they play his music. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now. I literally feel like I'm getting like emotional talking about this. Um, the CM Punk chants before his music hits. Um, when the cult of personality hits, the whole place just goes fucking ballistic. Um, if if Cena wins, we riot. Like the sign was coming yeah. was coming back out again. Like that was originally seen. Like in um, at ECW One Night Stand two thousand six two thousand seven whatever, um, the whole play on the screw job with Laurinaitis and Vince coming out, Cena saving face by coming out and decking Laurinaitis, and that was fucking snug. And I, I tell you what, do you know what? It wasn't snug. It was stiff as fuck. He meant every single ounce of that fucking slash quote unquote. Clothesline <laughs> that he hit Laurinaitis with comes back in, gets the finish, bang, 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 one, two, three. Punk gets the belt, fucks off into the crowd, gives Midsup Man a fucking kiss goodbye. And the last show you see of him going off the air is him stood in the fucking crowd with the belt. He runs out of the fucking venue straight into a taxi without his, he's still got his belt, he's, all he's got on him is his gear that he went to the ring and a belt. He gets back to his fucking apartment in Chicago, around the corner from where he lives, and sits by the fridge, has a drink, goes to bed, wakes up in the morning, shit, where's the belt? Where's my title? Goes to the fridge, opens it up, and the belt is still in the fridge from the night before. He just he was that knackered and that fucked and that tired and thirsty. He downed the drink, went to bed, and forgot that he put the belt in the fridge to keep it safe, and that's where it was the, the morning after. I love that story. But Money in the Bank 2011 is one of that's one of a show. It's it's a decent show. Yeah. Um, there's like money, the Money in the Bank ladder matches are on there, and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, because it's Money in the Bank pay per view, like they they get glossed over. But Daniel Bryan wins the Money in the Bank, mm-hmm. um, which is important. Um, Del Rio wins wins the other one. The I mean um, that, that's important as well because it is on my list this one, but okay. you, you missed that out as well. It's a case of it's not just them playing on the screw job. You actually see the panic in McMahon because he calls Del Rio out to cl- uh, cash in the money in the bank that night. Oh shit! Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And gets, gets a kick on the side of the head. That's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. I mean, I, I'll go. I'll go on about. I'll go on about it as well later on. But yeah, it's fucking great pay per view. Just. It's one of my favourite matches ever. Um, as far as storytelling goes, um, as far as actually working a wrestling match, we talk about we talk about there might be people who listen to this show, okay, listen to the listen to the podcast, who won't necessarily understand. I don't go too inside baseball with a lot of the terminology and stuff. When I'm talking about workers. There's there's a difference between sports entertainers. There's a difference between wrestlers. There's a difference between workers. Working a match is reacting to the crowd, working on a story, using past information, past rivalries, past matches, past issues, like working them and weaving them into a match. Like CM Punk and Cena. Cena used to call everything in the ring. You'd be able to hear it most of the time for a start, but he used to call most of it in the ring. And CM Punk is one of the greatest minds. For, for, so when you put them two together, 
Um, it's just lightning in a bottle. And and the culmination of that storyline, all the will he win it, will he leave with the belt, will all this sort of, they just played on it all. And it was just, oh, just magic. Magic, 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 magic. I loved it. Love One of my favourite matches of all time. And it, you, you have to watch, you, you have to watch this match. If you've never seen it, Go out of your way. There'll be, I'm sure whoever's listening to the podcast, most of the people are going to have seen this match. But if you haven't, what the fuck are you doing? Pause the pod, podcast right now. Go onto the WD Movie Network, watch this match, and Hashtag then come back sponsored. to me. Hashtag not sponsored. But it, just go and watch it. Come back and then and then press play. Um, yeah, like I said, Shields. Obviously, you're going to talk about it. Yeah. Again, um, I can't. I can't put this match over enough. The only reason this pay-per-view wasn't higher up my list is because it's only really the one match for me. Um, but, but, um, it just shows how good that match is because it beat lots and lots of other pay-per-views um, to make it to number seven. And seven's my lucky number, so technically it's number one anyway, so fuck it. But yeah, Money in the Bank, <laughs> 2011, um, from the Rosemont, from the, um, what is it, Alliance Arena or whatever the fuck it was. Just go and check it out. Oh, makes my soul happy. So good. So good. I watched it live. I remember watching it live. I watched it around my mate's house. Um, it was when I was starting. To, not I'd say not long. It was I was probably twelve months, ten months into me wrestling training. Yep. And it just changed the way that I looked at things from then on. So yep. It was a big deal for me as well, personally. Yeah, just amazing. So good. Number seven. Money in the bank. Two thousand eleven. I'll shut up now. No, awesome. I fucking love it. I'll talking about it. <laughs> we'll, 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 talk, we'll, we'll raise it again in a few, yeah. Um, yeah, a few yeah. sections time. Uh, okay, moving on to your number six then, Hoxie. Okay, so I've put another sweet in my mouth. Sorry. My <laughs> number six. I'd have a quick drink just to wet my whistle before I talk about it. I'm, I'm getting, I was all emotional over Money in the Bank story, by the way. So number six for me is ECW One Night Stand 2005. Um, the first thing that i written on my notes in big capital bold letters is what a fucking show. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you don't know sort of what, what the situation was, obviously ECW went out of business. Uh, it went bankrupt. Um, Paul Heyman went bankrupt in 2001. ECW was the sort of the third brand of wrestling worldwide behind WWE and WCW. It was around from sort of early-ish 90s to 2001 when WWE bought the rights to ECW as well. So they were out of business for four, four and a half years. They released a DVD, um, The Rise and Fall of ECW, and it done that much business it sold that many copies of dvd that wwe decided to sort of i don't know what the term would be cash in on on what happened with that and they decided to do a one-off pay-per-view in june of 2005 so it was from the hammerstyle ballroom there's only two and a half thousand tickets sold but if you watch the show and you listen to the show, you'd think there was 25,000 people there, not 2,500. Um, really fun little thing for me and you, Shields. There's, there's probably a couple of gamers would listen to this, but from a gamer perspective, do you know what sponsored ECW One Night Stand? 
Um, I don't. Well, the, know. The, the main the main sponsor was Destroy All Humans, the PlayStation was it really? game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I found that in my in my um, in my research, really quick research, which was a fun little aside. Anyway, so I'm just going to go through the card. Um, so we, we've done the background, um, like. It was the ECW sort of originals, the ECW alumni. They tried to get as many people on the card as they possibly can um, within the sort of time frame that they had. And they had like different skits and different bits and bobs. But the card kicking off the show was Lance Storm against Chris Jericho. He beat Chris Jericho following just incredible running. And he absolutely laid the fuck <laughs> out of Chris Jericho with a with a with a, a thingy. Oh my god, kendo stick laid him out. Great finish. Really good match. Really fun match. Obviously, they started together. They started wrestling together. Lance Storm and Jericho. It was really good fun. You had um, Super Crazy uh, against Tajiri and Little Guido. Yep. Great three way dance. So good, super crazy, and I think I think super crazy and Tajiri got signed by the WWE because of this match. Um, I think Little Guido might have done as well, to be fair. But it was so good, really, really good triple threat. Go and check it out. Rey Mysterio against Psychosis. Um, it was another. I think Psychosis was struggling a little bit in this match for me, but there we go. Um, Sabu with Rob Van Dam. So Rob Van Dam had broke his ankle, so he couldn't wrestle. So it was it was more of a sort of a uh, secondary valet kind of role. Um, Chris Benoit against Eddie Guerrero. They had 10 and a half minutes. They just went out there and absolutely nailed it, as you would expect. Um, I think Guerrero got his nose either bust or broken in the match, and it just changed the match completely. Like, even Benoit, there's a bit where um, Chris Benoit looks at the fucking, like, looking at Guerrero, and he's like, oh, fuck. Like, (laughs) I've hurt my mate, and I know what's going to happen now. Like, I feel bad for hurting my mate. But then at the top, like I know exactly what I'm going to get back here. And for me, my favourite match on this whole card is Mike Awesome uh, versus Masato Tanaka. So this was they had a bit of a feud in Japan. They had a bit of a feud in ECW back in the day with um, with this match. Uh, I think I, I watched this a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, and I think I might have sent you guys a fucking clip of when when Awesome. Bom- he awesome bombs him over the top rope through the table to the outside. Like I'm not a massive fan of these hardcore matches or whatever, but just that match is so good. It's brilliant. And then you get the the main event, the Dudley Boys and Tommy Dreamer and Sandman. Uh, the entrance, Sandman's entrance on the original. There is actually they use Enter Sandman, the fucking Metallica song yeah. on the network. They replace it with some shit fucking overdubbed music, and it takes away the sound of the crowd. It's really depressing, but. The, the, the fucking reaction that Sandman gets coming through the crowd drinking his beers is insane. But just, yeah, it, what a fucking, what a card, what a show. And then obviously you've got the, the Paul Heyman promo to the guys, all the, the Raw and SmackDown guys who were stood up in the in the crowd. That promo was insane. We touched on it the other week, didn't we? The only, the only reason. Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. <laughs> Tuesdays, exactly. Like, he's giving it the whole bounce of the checks and then they have the big breakdown after it's just what a fucking show i (laughs) (laughs) that's the only time i've ever heard like the hammerstein ballroom shout we want matt (laughs) matt. (laughs) it's so good i i 
I had a conversation um, with one of my mates. It was Brad, is actually my mate who lives in Japan, lives in Osaka. He was sort of plugged into the wrestling world over there and stuff. And we had a conversation. What if you were to like show a non wrestling person like five pay per views or whatever, or three pay per views, or what pay per view would you show somebody who doesn't watch wrestling or has never watched wrestling? What would you show them to get interested in it or want to be like, oh, like, oh my God. ECW would be on that list for me, the One Night Stand 2005, because it's just got everything, like the crowd, the the, the the matches, the reactions, the the fucking sizzle and the steak. It's got absolutely everything. I love it. It's one of my favourite pay-per-views ever. Obviously, it's on the list, number six. Yeah. Um, but yeah, One Night Stand, ECW 2005, just so, brilliant. What a, a fucking show. It was it was an excellent show. There was a bit of controversy with the Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka match though with Joey Styles, right? I don't know if you remember that. It's um, there was a point where Mike Awesome did a suicide dive, and Joey Styles said it's a shame he didn't succeed in taking his own life <laughs> in commentary, which was fucking outrageous. And the controversy comes the fact that it, like about two years later, Mike Awesome actually committed suicide. So uh, yeah, Styles was like. Look, if it was an ECW thing, I'm going to say whatever I want. So, yeah, it's a, a bit of controversy in that. But I agree, Mike Awesome match was phenomenal. And, you know, Paul Heyman on the mic as well. Like you say, that promo is just, again, chef's kiss. This isn't WCW. This isn't Monday Night Raw. This isn't SmackDown. Hell, this isn't even WWE. This is EC fucking W. So So, so good. Love it. I didn't I know it. about the um yeah I didn't know about the the Mike Awesome thing they probably cut that off the fucking network yeah. but I didn't know about that that's yeah. a great little thing but it's not a great little thing but it it is that's a great little I fact think that's that crazy was sort of I think that's sort of the beginning of the end of Joey Styles and WWE obviously there was there's loads of different stuff going about but I won't go into it but yeah I think that was just added onto the list for Joey Styles, but he's right. In WC ECW, they could they, they did what they want. Yeah, they were the alternative, and you know I think even though it was a WWE event, he still had the the mentality and the the mental model, as we say as well. It's an ECW event, so he can say what the fuck he wants. And fair play to him. You got to love that. Excellent shout. ECW One Night Stand isn't on my list. Okay, and I've sort of regret it now. Have I, on. have I sold you on it, mate? Have I talked you into it? I'm talked you into it. <laughs> okay, so number six, ECW One Night Stand 2005. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. My number six, and again, it's not a WWE one. It's, and, and you need to bear with me here, this is probably for one, maybe two matches, is AEW All Out 2021. Punk's first sort of debut match in AEW against Darby Allen. Darby Allen, yeah. You know, great match. And then you've got the sort of culmination of the MGF and Jericho feud yep. as well. Yes, like Jericho, if he had lost it, he was going to need to retire from in-ring competition. Obviously, Jericho didn't lose said match. But again, it's one of those ones you don't have to win to get put over. And MGF, that again, so he was already a star. Me and you've talked about this before. We've talked about it in the podcast. We've talked about it offline. MGF is the star in wrestling today. And it just solidified him in that. We also had a number of debuts on that um, pay-per-view. You had, obviously, you had Ruby Soho from the um, the women's division, but you had Adam Cole, baby, and obviously Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan, as well. Yeah. You know, and oh. Brian Danielson coming in to sort of 
feud against Kenny Omega. It's just, you know, again, I'm not a huge Kenny Omega fan. We've talked about that in overrated podcast as well. But all, all one, of, of, one of the best, the one of the best matches he had though with Christian, with Christian Cage. Yes, yeah, um, on that match, yep. Because Christian knows how to fucking work, and he took everything that Kenny Omega can do really good, and made him do just that. And took away all of his shit, and it was probably one of the, one of the best matches he's he's ever had. Yeah, in his career, probably. There we go. So yeah, f- yeah. three matches on that card. So th- there are there are a couple of ones. There was um, Miro versus Eddie Kingston, John Moxley against Satoshi Kojima, Britt Baker against Chris Statlander. Again, Britt Baker. This is I think this was the starting point of our actually being really really decent. Um, I, I like Don't sleep on Chris Catlander. She's brilliant. Yeah, yeah she is. She's very well. good. If you need a good uh, dance partner, I think Britt needs a good dance partner as well. Sorry, yeah. go no, on. No, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> no, uh, The Lucha Brothers uh, beat the Young Bucks as well for the World Tag Team Championships. Um, again, Ruby Soho won the uh, Casino Battle Royale as well, coming in as, as a debut. And like I say, this, the Jericho MGF just stands alone. If we didn't have the Kenny Omega or the CM Punk match, but again, I think it's just for a nostalgia thing again you know punk after coming back from his hiatus you know it's just it, it was just awesome and it's great to see him in the ring again and obviously we know what happened at the end of it it's just um in terms of his tenure with AEW which is very very sad but who knows where he's going to end up who knows where he's going to end up hopefully we see hopefully punk. saturday <laughs> hopefully saturday I mean, have you, again, this is a complete side note. Um, yeah, so number six is AEW All Out 2021. This is a side note. Did you see CM Punk's Instagram post? It's, um, I did see. Yeah. You see him. Yes, I did. The devil. The devil. Yeah. Yeah, but there was also a second one. Um, War Pigs was the music. He was saying he's just working out, and War Pigs was singing, and that's the theme tune for Survivor Series. Fuck off. Thing is, I can't even, do thing is, he's so he good, though, go, isn't he? He's so good. Like, <laughs> he's just. <laughs> fucking insane man so so yeah that's my number six aw all out 2021 again maybe not one in the forefront of everybody's mind i'd assume it's not in the forefront of yours but just for me for punk for mgf jericho and for the debuts of adam cole who i love adam cole adam cole's insane and brian danielson as well got a soft spot for him i just think it, it should have been on the list maybe it's a bit too high but it's my list don't care what you say fuck off <laughs> it's your list mate you can do what the fuck you want you can do what the fuck you want um, I, I'm I'm I am surprised that an AEW pay per view has made it on there. Um, maybe in years to come, looking back, one might sneak onto my list. Um, I'm trying to think of the pay per view. Do you know the one where Punk done his Miseria Canteria entrance against MJF um, when he came back with his yeah yeah with his big long shorts and that on? I think it might have been the the collar match. I think it was yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to let you into our secret. There's another AEW on my list. Wow. Well. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah, like, looking back, maybe maybe there might be one that will creep on there. There's probably two that I can think of now, actually, thinking back. Yeah. Revolution pay-per-view, which is a really good one. With, there's a match with um, Pac and Orange Cassidy and Moxley's on there and all that sort of stuff. I'll have to remember which one it is, but yeah, there's not on mine. There's not fair, on mine. Fair it is. Um, maybe at some point in the future there may be, but mate, like I said, it's your list. It's your list. You can do what the fuck you want. You can do what the fuck you want, but in fact, as far as a AW pay-per-view concerned, like, it's a good shout, mate. Very fair good shout. Some good matches. Good shit. Good shit. 
Okie dokie guys, right, so that's our number 6, we've done 10 to 6 of our top 10 pay-per-views. Before we get started on our top 5, we've got a section of the podcast, if you've never listened before, where we talk about a mishap, a mistake, a brain fart in the wrestling business, and we call it the Royal Fumble. Royal Fumble! Okay, Hoxie, so this week we we talked a lot about it. We've talked about it for the last couple of weeks, actually, in terms of what we're going to do for the Royal Fumbles. And the one that we're, we're probably going to talk about, it could be a bit of a fun one, is the Finger Poke of Doom. That is this week's Royal Fumble. Do you want to give us a bit of an insight into the Finger Poke of Doom? I love the way you say Doom, by the way. I think that's... that's we're we're that's, doomed. <laughs> we're doomed. We're doomed. So... Finger Poker Doom is it, it goes down as one of the most sort of important um, parts in in sort of wrestling history. Really, it's definitely within the WCW sort of landscape. Um, so what what it was is um, Kevin Nash was champion at the time. He was WCW World Heavyweight Champion. He was meant to have a match with Goldberg mm-hmm. at the Dome Show. So um, the Georgia Dome huge event for WCW in Atlanta, massive stadium, um, used to get 20, 30, 40,000 people in or whatever. And they sort of, Nash didn't want to lose the belt to Goldberg. Nash done his thing. Um, somebody else came back into the fray, which was Hulk Hogan. And he was never sort of meant to be there at that time, but he was, and lots and lots and lots of shit. Uh, lots and lots and lots of politics, lots of, hoo-ha and issues and what happened is Goldberg ended up getting quote-unquote arrested mid-show um accused of stalking Miss Elizabeth um the the a funny little aside to this he was actually going to get accused of rape originally but Goldberg was like nah you're okay I don't <laughs> I, nah, I know nothing to do with that nah, nah. <laughs> um and what happened is like basically Goldberg got released or whatever, but um, Hogan came back and got ejected into this, into this match. Cause he, he was away. wasn't, he? I can't remember why he was away, but he was sort of, he was away for a bit, probably filming another shit film or, or being racist or whatever he allegedly might've been doing at the time. But yeah, uh, he came back and had a match and in the match, basically they looked like they were going to have this big fight Wrote, like circling each other in the ring, giving it the big un. Hogan poked Kevin Nash in the chest. Nash took a back bump, probably the best back bump he's ever done in his career. And then Hogan covered him and was declared the champion. And the whole NWO thing was, was reunited there. Um, Gilbert, uh, Gilbert, fucking hell, Gilbert. Um, Goldberg come out, tried to give it the whole... You mean clear the ring, give it the old big in, and then Luger turned heel on him and entered the NWO shit. And that was, did Goldberg get, that's when they got spray painted, wasn't it? That's yeah. when they, he got spray painted on, on his back or whatever. And but that was when the, sh- the show the show ended, which was just absolutely horrendous. Now, when you think about what happened, um, also during that, which and this is this is an aside, and I I thought these things two these two things happened at a similar time, but they actually happened at the same time. 
uh, or they were going to be the same time or whatever. Um, they done the whole butts in seats thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we, we which we will talk about at, at, at another time. But that was on the same night, so that the butts in seats, Shivani basically the, the, the raw used to be pre-recorded at, at that time, and the results obviously got shared. WCW used to share the results of the match. And Mick Foley won the WWF title from The Rock on that night. Yep. And Shivani said on air, um, that'll put butts in seats. And I think it was 850,000 people turned the channel. <laughs> and they never came back. <laughs> and what was presented as a main event on the other side, on the other channel, was the finger poke of doom, which was just shit. Absolutely dog shit. Um Massive, massive misstep. Uh, a lot of the people that, like I said, a lot of the people that, that they lost, or the, the vast majority of people that they lost, probably all of them, didn't end up coming back. Um, the NWO thing was was done and dusted, and people were getting bored of it, and the fact that they sort of rehashed it and restarted it just made everybody pissed off, and just everyone just left and... It just completely shit on on the business, basically. And it was on probably their biggest show, or if not their biggest show of the year. So it's, that was nine, uh, January 1999. It was the last pretty much time that of those 83 weeks, the last time that WCW were winning in the ratings. So it was, that was the, we, we, there's um, what they call it, jump in the shark, mm-hmm. the jump the shark moment. Uh, that was probably the WCW, the WCW jump the shark moment, which is just depressing, really, really depressing. I think massive, yeah. massive moment, massive moment. Huge, yeah, huge for the industry. I mean, again, could you imagine what happened if they didn't do it? I mean, there were clearly issues behind the scenes. I think everybody talked about it. I think it was widely known. I think this particular thing, the finger, the finger poke of doom. Um, it just shows how bad the issues were and, you know, it just became sort of un- just, just just shit. It, just, it was the beginning of the end, you know, the ratings, they speak for themselves. Like you say, like well over half a million people turned the channel and just didn't come back, you know, for a variety of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, there was no, you know, if we, we talk about WWF, right, and WWE, sorry, um, everybody talks about Vince, how he's like, you know, it's, He's he's a dictator. He, he you know it's, it's his way or the highway. It's his, it's his money. You know it's like he gets he gets to decide. But he's one of those people. If it goes right, he'll take the kudos for it. But if it goes wrong, he'll take it on the chin. You know, granted, he might fuck up people's like career and stuff and say you're not getting pushed again. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like the buck falls with him. And there was no one like that in WCW. They were all in it for themselves. Like Kevin Nash being the champ was just an absolute farce anyway. And you know just. It was just too many of people trying to be one of the boys. I mean, that whole NWO stable, such a great idea at the beginning. You know, the New World Order, such a good idea. But then it just became a farce. And I think it's just testament to sort of WCW, how how far they fell. And, you know, it's, it's a shame. It is a shame because it could have been awesome uh, for WCW just to keep in business and just keep on going, keep on trucking. But, yeah, I think that was one of the worst things in wrestling. I remember it. Fucking just unbelievable, man! Unbelievable. It's that that was the start of the decline. We we we. Yep. It wasn't the only thing. 
Let's be honest. It wasn't the only thing. There was a there's a, a lot to unpack when it comes to why WCW failed a lot. Um, but that was the start of people turning away and turning off and being like, nah. They just they'd they'd like burned them too many times, like yeah. burned the fans too many times. And it's the dome show. Um, I let me. I'm trying to I'm trying to find how many people were there. The attendance. I'm trying to. Two seconds. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Thirty-eight thousand eight hundred and nine people at the Georgia Dome for that. Crazy. Expecting to see Kevin Nash against Goldberg. Goldberg was Atlanta Falcons, uh, like ex NFL player, like obviously in the South and Atlanta. WCW was based in Atlanta, Georgia. Like that was their home. That was their base. That was where they were, and everybody was expecting this match, and they didn't get what they were expecting, and instead they got that. Like whoever's whoever idea that was, it was the inmates running the asylum. That's literally what it was. And you know what makes it even funnier as well? Um, Kevin Nash was actually a booker in WCW. You know this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if for those guys who don't know, Kevin Nash was the was the was a booker for for a while in WCW. So he was in charge of storylines and and as such. Do you know when he took over as booker for WCW? No. It was in February of 1999, so it was a month after this shit show. <laughs> That's like a fair play to him. That's how good he fucking was as a as a uh, a politicker, if you want to put it that way. Um, but it just shows how much of a fucking shit show that place was in at that time. It, there was it. It reminds me a little bit, and this is why I am frustrated and or sort of concerned. It reminds me a little bit of AW at the minute. The guys are running it for their own gain rather than thinking about it from the business. And basically, Eric Bischoff is to WCW what Tony Khan is to AW at the minute. Um, I, it's like, you, Eric, you're more than welcome to come and have a discussion with this, <laughs> with this yeah. about about this with us. That's absolutely fine. But yeah, it's it's worrying, man. Like. That's what happens when everybody is out for themselves. They try and find a solution like something, like, like something like that will come from it. Um, this would never, there's bad shit happening in WWE, WWF. We know this, but this would never have happened ever in the WWF. Nothing would have come close to this. And definitely there would not have been a butts in seats moment at all. No. Um, Tony Schiavone gets a lot of shit always had a lot of shit over the years for that moment. It wasn't him. He was told to say it. He was told to do it. It all comes from it all comes from management. But that that this show, when you look at do a side by side comparison of what was presented on Raw to what was presented on Nitro is the whole reason or the start of one of the whole reasons why WCW went up the Swanee. And it's shit. Absolutely dreadful. Finger poker doom, awful, awful. I've used it myself in a uh, in an angle, um, but I got I got come up and like I got I got um, I got the, the heat was uh, was definitely definitely on me at the end of the show by using that if you know what I mean. So it was used it was used for for gain rather than to fuck everything up. I'm just reading there was six hundred thousand people sorry six hundred thousand viewers changed the channel to see Mick Foley beat. The Rock, and none of them came back. None of them came back. Amazing, crazy story. 
Crazy. isn't it? When you think about who's involved, Hogan and, and Nash, Goldberg, Bischoff, fucking, it's nuts. It's nuts. But yeah, I mean, fascinating. That, that, that was the, um, again, sort of precursor, the start of the reunion of the Outsiders, all right, because they had separated beforehand, and then I think it was, in, I don't know if it was the next again show or something, um, Kevin Nash had a surprise for Hulk Hogan, and it was Scott Hall, and they reunited and stuff, so it was, uh, in that regard, it got them all back together again, but at the same time, it got them all back together again, so it made it even fucking worse. Uh, but yeah, Finger Poke Doom is our Royal Fumble for the week. Um, let me know what you think about the Royal Fumble, guys. Let me know what you think about, let us know what you think about the uh, Finger Poke Doom. Do you agree? Is it one of the worst things that's happened in the, um, the wrestling industry? Hoxie and I say, yes, it is. Argue with us, let us know. Email us at wrestlemark10 at gmail.com. Tweet us at mark underscore out of 10. Or you can comment on our YouTube channel as normal. Um, okay, Hoxie. We're in to the top five of our top ten pay-per-views. Yeah. You ready? Are you my, ready? Born ready. My number five, okay, because it's still my turn, is <laughs> Money in the Bank 2011. Okay, it's exactly the same uh, as you. Amazing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going, like... Same sort of road as you. There's obviously the one major match is the CM Punk um, leaving the title. Um, the, the stipulation was did John Cena get fired? Is that not right? Yes, he got yeah, the sack. Yeah, yes, got the sack yeah, 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 yeah. If he lost, he was fired. Yeah, you're fired. And I think the him restarting the match was a, a great foil. Like you say, the the smack to Mister Laurinaitis was um, lovely. No, uh, yeah, very snug. <laughs> um, I, I, again. The match that I've got, obviously the the punk blowing the kiss to McMahon is um, it's going to go down in history, right? It's like it's still what an image, yeah. And I think the entire story of that is so so good, you know, in terms of like just punk giving it out to McMahon, you know, you, you like you say the pipe bomb, um, etc. And all the way through, it was just the perfect way. Of like just culminating that off, I, I was disappointed the the sort of how long Punk was away with the belt though. I always thought that what they could have done is is have some sort of agreement, even on going to like indie shows. You know, just not talking about like Ring of Honor or TNA or anything. Not that the massive shows, but him taking the belt to like smaller promotions. You know, I'll look at Punk. He's the WWE champion but he's not the WWE champion, but he's taking the belt to other shows. It would have added such a good little... Is, is he still working for them? Exactly. Is he an independent con? Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. that yeah, would yeah. have been awesome. Yeah. And, and, and and spread out, because it, was, it wasn't that long, was it, that he was away? It was only, I want to say six weeks, not even that. And, and like he came God. back because Rey Mysterio won... The title, yes. John Cena he, beat, John Cena beat, yeah, beat Rey yeah, Mysterio, yeah. and then obviously he came back to colour personality, blah blah blah, and the rest is history, as they say. But I just think they could, they could have, they could have just eked out just a wee bit longer. It would have been really, really cool. That, that's just you know the, the fantasy booking thing, right? It's uh, it's how I would have uh, done it. We we talk about fantasy booking, like imagine, just imagine the payoff that would have had at a WrestleMania. It's so good. Imagine 60, 70, 80,000 people. Like if the WrestleMania was yeah. anywhere remotely close to Chicago or in Chicago or something like that, whatever. Like imagine 
that that just that whole match from start to finish, the angle, like the finish, the way that it was done, like the 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 Del Rio thing, the Laurinaitis thing. Just imagine, imagine the fucking pop, the reaction that crowd, the noise that that would have got from it. That that match was too good to be on a fucking money in the bank show. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, that should have been on a Rumble or a Mania or a Survivor Series or SummerSlam, whatever. The Mania would have been yeah. perfect because it's a case of oh, can you imagine God. the biggest event in the WWE calendar and their champion fucks off with Fucks off. Yeah. Like it's just, it, you would just never have it's just yeah insane. Oh, so yeah for mate, me I'm i get not... so excited like looking back at stuff and just like arm back uh, armchair quarterback it's so much fun <laughs> so i'm, much I'm fun. gonna talk about as well christian beating randy orton i said in previous podcasts christian for me is one of the most underrated wrestlers probably ever like he's definitely in the top 10 of most underrated i would say in, in my list if we ever do it underrated I just think his in-ring work is phenomenal. He's he's great in the mic. He is great in the mic now. I, I, I didn't like his earlier stuff, but that's just me. That's personal preference. But yeah, and I'm getting the payoff against Randy Orton, finally being sort of appreciated, winning the belt. It's, it's just, it was good. It was, a, it was a feel-good moment for me. I like Christian. I'm a big fan. Yeah, that that whole feud. It's, 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 it's the best thing that Randy Orton's ever done. Um, some of their matches, some of their near falls, some of their finishes that they had in that show were just, just yeah, insane. So good, insane. Yeah. Okay, Loved so it. that's my number five. I'm not going to waste a lot of time. We've already talked about it a little bit. So yeah, moving on to your number five, Mister Hawks. My number five is an in your house pay per view from 1997. It is the Canadian Stampede ah, okay. show. So this was. From the Saddle Dome, Canadian Saddle Dome in Calgary. Um, there's only just over 12,000 people there. Now, I just want you to bear in mind that attendance. There's only just over 12,000 people, okay? Mm-hmm. So, this shouldn't have been a big show. Um, it's an In Your House pay-per-view, which means it was a, a shorter pay-per-view. So, what In Your House pay-per-views were, you had the, you had the main shows, like your Summer Slams or your your Royal Rumbles or your King of the Rings or whatever. And then in between, you had the In Your House shows. So they were a shorter pay-per-view, two, two showers or whatever. They were cheaper to buy on pay-per-view. So that if it was $50 for like a Royal Rumble, it would have probably been 29 or $39 or whatever for an In Your House. Um, so a, a, a shorter pay-per-view, a littler pay-per-view. But what they did is they basically put the whole show... Um, there is a couple of other matches on the show... I'll go through the card really quickly. So there's a, there's only four matches on the on the show itself mm-hmm. because you've got the like the the tag matches like on the pre-show if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. So you got Triple H against Mankind, um, in a singles match to start the show, which is it ends with a double count out. It's a very very good match. Triple H and Mankind in that era, that ninety seven, ninety eight. 99, 2000, they were always there or thereabouts, just making gold. It was brilliant. Um, then you have the great Sasuke against Taka Michinoku in a 10-minute match on a fucking 1997 WWF pay-per-view, which is amazing, amazing. Um, and you've got Undertaker against Vader um, for the WWF title. Now, all of this show is all around the Heart Foundation 
Um, so that's Brian Hart, uh, Brett Hart, Brian Pillman, British Bulldog, Neidhart, and Owen. So it's that Hart Foundation, that Canadian, the Canadian heroes, and they're going up against the quote unquote heels. So just bear me out. Ken Shamrock, Goldust, LOD. We obviously discussed mm-hmm. them recently. Animal Hawk and Stone Cold. Now, when you look at those guys written on the piece of paper, you think Shamrock and Goldust and like LOD and Stone Cold. They weren't. They weren't heels. In Canada, they were. Yeah. This was the most amazing thing about this show and the most amazing thing about this match. Um, and, it, and once again, anyone who asks me, I have a lot of students, like student wrestlers, a lot of guys who I've coached over the years, guys and girls who I've coached over the years and trained, like, oh, what, what match should I watch for like psychology and stuff? Or what, what matches should I watch for working and this and that the other? Canadian Stampede 1997, the main event, the, the 10-man tag, go and watch it. It's incredible. What they managed to do with the psychology of this match is in Canada, which is obviously where the Hart Foundation were from, they were the faces. But everywhere else in America, shall I say, they were heels. So every week on the Raw episodes and this, that and the other, they were getting booed out the building and Stone Cold was getting fucking cheered and everybody else was getting cheered. They went to Canada and if you watch this show back and watch it back on the network, watch this match, the crowd... There's only 12,000 people here. They are making that much noise and jumping around that much. It actually makes the camera shake and it makes the picture distort on the camera. (laughs) That's how much of a fuck. Now, the only other thing that I've ever seen that on is Live Aid with like 100,000 people and all the loud music. That's That's the only other thing that I've seen that happen on in terms of a recording of like an actual live event. So they are so far into it. The match is half an hour long um they're just it's so good it's such a good match and it's kind of a one match show but it's one of my it, 1997 is my favorite year in wrestling um in terms of everything that was going on it's 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 not even close um and this is a standout show from 1997 and it's all because of this one match it's magic it's fucking magic um i i was it nearly got a little bit higher for me but there's a lot more to talk about a little bit later on. Um, but number five, smack bang in the middle, definitely, definitely could have been higher, is In Your House, Canadian Stampede 97. Fucking phenomenal. Such a good show. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. If you haven't seen the show, watch the show. If you've only got half an hour, go and watch the match. It's fucking incredible. Think, so good. I think that was the last match we watched in one of your watch-alongs on your stream. That match. Well, there you go. There we go. Great. I think I think WWE might have even Dave Meltzer awarded it the best show in 1997 in the Wrestling Observer, and it would have all been because of that one match. Yep. And I think the WWE WWE. Oh my God! The WWE released a list of their their best pay per views, and the Canadian Stampede was actually number ten by WWE at that time. It was a long time ago. It was a while ago, maybe 2015 or something. But at the time, that was number 10 in their best, their own best pay-per-views ever. Um, it's one of the best main events you'll you'll ever see. It's incredible. Go and watch it. Go and watch it. Yeah. Canadian Stampede, 97. Get involved. Not on my list, but yeah, I totally appreciate what, what you're saying. Fucking that match is insane. I remember watching it on your stream as well, and we both actually were a bit silent. We were just watching it. 
You know, it's just like taking it all in, just just taking yeah. it in. And I think when, as we say, we're fans of wrestling. I think this goes for the wider wrestling community as well. If you're watching a match, right, that's obviously years old, and you just sit there and watch it without saying anything, you just take it all in. I just think that shows the quality of said match. It's different in a live environment, like like you say, booze and yes, yeah, that that's what you're looking for. But if you're just appreciating, again, I'm using the word art form. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's such a great match. It's just so so good, and it's got the Legion of Doom in it, man. What's not to love? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You look at that list of people who are in there, and like Shamrock wouldn't have been long in the business either then as well. Like '97, he wouldn't yeah. have been around for very long, and for him to get to get put straight in there, brilliant. Yeah, what a list! What a list of fucking people, man. Ten of those people in that list are all fucking. They're all every single one of them are Hall of Famers, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, apart from apart from Owen, but yeah. Um, let's not talk about that. Um, yeah, but th- this was also the, the start of the Owen Stone Cold feud, right? The one with the botched pile driver after this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Not long after this. Yeah. There you go. Hashtag wrestling knowledge. Yeah. Get it. It's all about the knowledge. Knowledge is power, mate. Knowledge <laughs> is power. Indeed. But yeah, it's. I love it. Love this. Love this show. Love this match. I just yeah can't put it over enough. Get involved, guys. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's Hoxie's number five. Your number four, Hoxie. My number four is WrestleMania twenty-four. Ooh, now, yeah. there's. I don't know if I don't know if you know this. Um, I don't know if I've spoke to you or, t- or told you about this. Um, there was a period for me where I didn't watch wrestling. Yeah. And it know. was a very very long time. It was probably about eight years, to be fair. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll be able to tell you, because it was 2008, so I stopped watching wrestling in 2001, so it would have been seven years, basically, because I didn't, I, I used to have mates that I went to school with, um, where I lived at the time, and we'd always watch the wrestling pay-per-views, and they're all wrestling fans, body, body, blah, and then I moved away from where, and we never got Sky, and none of my mates who I met at the time were into wrestling or liked wrestling, so I just sort of didn't watch it or didn't get involved with it not because i didn't like it or fell out of love with it or anything i just didn't i just didn't have anybody to watch it with or any way of keeping in the internet wasn't a thing back then i didn't even think we had the internet um i was hanging out of my ass uh after a night out on a and i woke up on a sunday morning and i i just got sky television at the time i bought it for my household because i was starting to earn adult money and i was like i'm gonna get sky because i want to watch football and I turned on Sky One on a Sunday morning and SmackDown, the SmackDown rerun, was on Sky One. And the first person that I saw was Chris Jericho walked to the ring and I was like, holy shit, Chris Jericho is still in wrestling. This is amazing. Um, I'm going to watch this. I was hanging. I couldn't move anyway. <laughs> even if I wanted to turn it over, I wouldn't have been able to turn the channel. I don't even think my phone was working at the time. I was just like, I'm going to watch this. And that then was, that was the the sort of the second genesis really the second coming of my love for wrestling started then and it would have been april of 2008 so it would have been probably the week or two weeks after wrestlemania 24 so what i did is i went back and found a way of watching it on the internet and for me this show is really important to me because it restarted my love for wrestling again um but it also that was when i started watching wrestling 
and soon after that when I bumped into one of the guys I bumped into when I was playing and singing in a band who was into wrestling as well actually made me want to be a wrestler so from then to now which is what 14 15 years or whatever it is um that's where my love and sort of genesis for me wanting to actually do this shit came from um so wrestlemania 24 not because it was it is a really good show on on top of this it's an unbelievable show one of my favorite matches ever if not depending on what day of the week it is or what mood i'm in probably my favorite match ever was sean and flair um sean michaels and rick flair the sorry i love you the retirement match um going back and watching that and just looking at like just seeing who was there you had enough of the older guys who were still there like your kane and your michaels i didn't know Shawn michaels that like you, you I mean come back yeah. um i definitely didn't even realize rick flair was still fucking wrestling <laughs> um i'd never seen randy orton i'd never seen john cena because i stopped watching then um and when i saw edge as a champion in the main event i was like what the fuck is going on here when i stopped watching wrestling he was still fucking about with christian yeah. you know what i mean like to watch this show back and and the undertaker and edge title match the main event is fucking brilliant by the way but like the money in the bank ladder match with when punk wins like ben, benjamin shelton benjamin doing his mad shit jericho's there carlito like mr kennedy doing the fucking entrance mr. Mr. Kennedy. like it's just it's such a good show like you watch it back and it is a really 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 good show um, but for me it, it has to brilliant love that got time for that got time for that shields um just a, a great card and just for me it's more of what it means to me than it is necessarily like the actual show there's better shows that are going to be on this list in terms of the card mm-hmm. one standout match for me obviously Shawn michaels and rick flair like i can't watch that match without crying like yeah without crying not yeah. because like oh my god like it's flair it wasn't obviously it wasn't flair's last match it's just everything when we talk about working and psychology and storyline and emotion and all that sort of stuff watch that match it's a masterclass. it's yeah. an absolute fucking masterclass. and the fact that Shawn michaels breaks his ribs halfway through and still has to carry on and crack on with the with the show and and finish and get to the payoff and stuff is just oh it's amazing but what a show for me like i can i can honestly hand on heart remember exactly where i was i can remember it being a sunny day outside i can remember like lying on my bed just be like oh my god like what the fuck turning the telly on and seeing chris jericho walking out on smackdown and this was the first pay-per-view that i watched then because i just seeked it out like i i didn't realize it had just been on if you know what i mean and that for me has just sent me on a course for the rest of my sort of life within wrestling and and yeah it has to make it on the list for me high up there just because of how it makes me feel more than anything else and the the, the main weather thing on there is pretty cool as well as a little aside but but yeah just i just love just love this show because of what it means to me basically so number four wrestlemania 24 million buys on pay-per-view 75 ish 74 and a half thousand people or whatever in attendance florida citrus bowl Big deal, big show, brilliant, great awesome. show. Yeah, love it. Yep, makes great me happy. Show. Makes me happy. Yeah, that and that's what it's all about, right? That's yeah. what it's all about. Yep. As we've we've said this again in previous podcasts, go back and listen to our podcast, guys. It's 
that was it should have been the perfect end to Ric Flair's career uh, yeah, in terms of yeah. storytelling in terms of just everything I mean he was in with probably the, the greatest in-ring performer especially at Wrestlemania Shawn Michaels it's Mr. Wrestlemania right Mr. Wrestlemania Mr. Pay-Per-View Mr. Main Event and every other moniker you can think of but yeah <laughs> he's, he's yeah it was such a great match and you're absolutely right it, do, it does bring a tear to your eye it's 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 awesome yeah wrestlemania 24 great shout superb shout at hoxie's number four um okay moving on to my number four it is SummerSlam 2002 um Again, the reason why it's so high is, again, it's it's down to the the Shawn Michaels thing. It's um, I think the storyline, in terms of Shawn's like sort of return in that street fight. There's so many memorable moments of it. It's like I'll always remember the bit where he's like, there there must be like fifteen twenty minutes into it, and he's absolutely fucked. And Triple H is on the table on the outside, and Shawn Michaels is climbing the um the turnbuckle, and he sort of looks at the crowd, shrugs his shoulders and does the I'm crazy sign at the side of his yes. head and then yeah, does, yeah, yeah. does the elbow drop. It's like, it's just shit like that that makes Shawn Michaels one of the best ever. I, I know what you're going to say, he wasn't on my list in num- episode number one. Fuck you, Hoxie. But Shawn Michaels for me is up there as, as one of the best performers ever. The fact that he does it in like jeans and boots is even better. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's so good. And it, it, again, it it's it's that redemption. I talked about it the other uh, week there as well, talking about redemption stories are so so good in wrestling. It, it's that real sort of it, it, it get it grabs you by the balls and goes, yeah, this is this is amazing, and this is exactly what happens here. Shawn Michaels' return is just the return of the icon. You know, it's it, it's so so good. And then you've obviously got the, the Brock Lesnar um, as well. Did you know that that SummerSlam was the first time Brock Lesnar main evented a WWE pay per view? I do now. Yeah, I do yeah. now. So that was obviously after the whole Stoke Steve Austin taking his ball and going home, not quite put him over. Um, but yeah, it's top to bottom. I think it's a really awesome pay per view. Like you mentioned them before, Rey Mysterio and Kurt Angle. Just again, we use this a lot. The Chef's Kiss. It's like just yeah, perfect <laughs> match. And then you yeah. have Flair Jericho. Again, I'm not going to run through them all, but. Even yeah, there, there's not a bad match on that. Like, even the undercards, it was like Spike Dudley versus Stevie Richards. You know, it's like <laughs> you know, it, it's shit like that. It's just mental. It's two and a half minutes of just Spike Dudley being Spike Dudley. Um, but yeah, it's SummerSlam 2002. We've already talked about it, but yeah, I just wanted to give my little inserts in terms of why it's up there for me. It's just because of Shawn Michaels and a, a big huge Shawn Michaels mark. So yeah, it's it's a great match. He had really. He had like really bad reservations about that match as well. Like he yeah. was, he didn't know whether he'd be able to do it anymore, and sort of wrestle at that level, and and all this, that, and the other. And Triple H was like, "You're fucking Shawn Michaels." He's done that quite a lot, actually. Yeah, he's done that. From what I know, he's done that three times. So he's done it with the, he's done it with the Undertaker, he's done it with Ric Flair, and he's done it with Shawn Michaels. Yep. Like Triple H needs a bit of a pat on the back, I think. Yeah, he's a good absolutely. Guy. He, he's he has a good been getting shot on for like unnecessary reasons, I think. But, but yeah, that's yeah. that's another podcast we can talk about. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, great shows. Yeah, we're getting to the business end of it now. We're on to my number three now. My number three. It's not down to the fact that it's in terms of matches. It's significantly better. I'm talking about sort of impact or potential impact on the business. Okay, it's a modern show. 
and this is an AEW show, and it's the AEW All In in London. Okay. Now the reason I put it here is because I, I know I shit an AEW a lot. It comes across in the podcast, and it's not not the case. I want <laughs> I want AEW to succeed. Right. We've talked about it before. Competition breeds success, and uh, a competitive wrestling business is good for us fans. Right. And for me, the AEW All In show in London. I'm not at all salty the fact that I missed it. We had tickets to it, and I, I, my wife decided to book a trip to Mexico at the same time. How I mean, fucking dare she? How dare she? Two weeks in Mexico, all inclusive. Um, it, it took the edge off when I drunk cocktails, copious limits. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I felt that just the sheer event in terms of how they did. Obviously, the numbers inflated, <laughs> as Tony Khan did. Um, it should have shown the proper arrival of EW as a legitimate contender. They should have rode that wave of success because, again, you can talk about it because you were there. In terms of the pop, in terms of the crowd, like sort of, it, it, it should have been one of the, the high points. But what happened in the weeks later with the whole CM Punk, it, it's just shot on a little bit. But I think in terms of, the impact on the business, it's got to be put up there as one of the best things in AEW certainly, and also wrestling, because it could, could have, and it should have, gave a legitimate threat to WWE, you know, I mean if you think about the matches, I mean I'm going to just talk about Joe and Punk you know, Samoa Joe, CM Punk I, I don't know what it was like in the crowd, but just watching it on TV it just looks so good, it just I enjoyed it immensely <laughs> um MGF, yep. the consummate star as ever. I mean, I know we talk about him a lot, um, but it's it's just, you know, I just I I just I thought it was great. It's um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think in hindsight, because obviously I solidified my list earlier on today, it should be lower down. But the premise of it was, I think it it should have a bigger impact on the business. Um, so yeah, that's just me. Yeah. I- do you know what, mate? It it didn't it didn't make this it didn't make it onto on onto my list. It's not going to be in anywhere near my top three or anything yeah. like that. So I'm just going to let you go straight into it now. Um, it's not because this is going to sound really strange. It's probably because I was there, and like it's just a little. It's like that's for me, if that makes sense. That's going to sound really weird in saying that, but I was there and I sort of experienced it all, and that was. It was all. It was all. That's that's mine. That's my experience. If you know what I mean. So that's. It, it won't be on there because it's like a different thing for me. I didn't watch it on the telly. Like, I, I mean, I haven't read about it or watched it back or, or like looked into stuff about it or whatever. Like, I was there and I sort of lived it. And for me, it's just a bit like. It's just that's that's that for me. Um, and I. It's, it's different. It's different for you, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's weird. It yeah, yeah. Would, I, I, it probably would have been the same strange. for me if I was actually fucking the instead of me. But yeah, I mean, like say Punk, you've got FTR beating the Bucks. You've got who else? Darby Allen and Sting. Like it just that Sting entrance, mate. That Sting entrance of him coming out to shoot, uh, see and destroy by Metallica. <laughs> There's a video of me, like I start recording it because I'm expecting him to have like his snowy entrance, and then that starts to play. And all I do, you can just hear me scream like a child. Like <laughs> it is actually me. It's not the child in front of me in the fucking in the in the thing. But I have to pan down. Like all of the hairs on my arms are, st- are standing up. Um, there was a, there's like an Irish guy, two Irish guys who were sat in front of me in in, in the chairs seats in front of me, 
and they turned like I've never really we were having a laugh and joking around and this that and the other and during the entrance he like turns around and like grabs me as if to say like oh my god so, like he just like it's like a, he doesn't know my name I've never met him before he just turned around and he was just like ah, he just wanted to share it with somebody and that was really cool yeah that was special <clears throat> that was special yeah was, good I, I wish I was there but it's fine I, I, I got to hey mate it. it's one of them Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho as well I imagine that was he that was the most overmatch of the whole yeah. of the show for me Osprey was probably the most over guy there um, MJF and, and Cole obviously had good reactions and stuff but I, I think Osprey was probably the most over person in the crowd it's not a shock though right no no and it was a good match decent match Jericho was um, was on form. Bless him. <laughs> I mean, again, it falls down to the whole UK crowd, right? I mean, the UK crowds, yeah. we, we're fucking awesome, right? If we, yes, anybody's listening in, in the US, if anybody's listening in Japan, UK crowds are fucking awesome. Get it around you. The best. The best, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's my number three. Like I say, it's just for me, I think, in terms of impact on the business, it, it could, it, it still could. You know, I, I don't want to shit on AEW a lot. I, I really hope that they do turn it round, um, and I think this could have been the catalyst for it. But obviously, in subsequent weeks after, we we, we know what happened. Um, yes, moving on. Anyway, your number three, Mister Hawks. My number three, mate, is Royal Rumble two thousand. Okay. So, this was um, from Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. January twenty third. 2000, um, just over 19,000 people. So 19,231 in attendance. It had a 590,000 buy rate, which is very, very, very good. But I thought it would have been way more than that. Um, This was, I think this was the first pay-per-view that was ever aired on Channel 4. It was, yeah. Which... I can remember, do you know what I said earlier on about WrestleMania 24, about remembering where I was? I can remember setting this, like the timer on my fucking VCR player, like my tape player at home to start and then rushing back from school as fast as I possibly could mm-hmm. and watching it, like literally straight from school, just, I didn't even get changed out my uniform, just like sat in, <laughs> in front of the telly, just like, mom, dad, leave me alone, go away, I'm watching this, like this is this is what I want to watch sort of thing. Um, it's just an insane, insane pay-per-view. Yep. Um, we look at sort of the, the, the card there. Um, it's one of those, you might not think, oh, it's not necessarily going to go down as like the most memorable of cards or memorable of pay-per-views, but you've got Taz and Kurt Angle. So this was Taz's debut. Yep. Um, Kurt Angle comes out, gives the gives the promo, gets a load of heat, and then the heartbeat starts, and the fucking the 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 uh, what is it, like the heart rate monitor just goes, and then Taz comes out, and it just everyone loses their mind, um, and Taz just beats shit out of Kurt Angle and chokes him out. It's amazing. You've so, got a yeah. Kurt well, Angle gone, was gone. Kurt Angle was on like an undefeated streak, and after that, he was like, "I didn't tap out. I got choked out. It yeah, was I got choked move. out. It's yeah. illegal." Yeah. He goes to he cuts backstage. Like, I didn't lose the match. It's illegal. He shouldn't yeah. have stood and all this that and the other. Like, there's a little backstage segment which is it sort of lays it all out. It's crazy. Um, Hardy Boys um, 
against the Dudley Boys in a tables match, which is just 10 minutes of non-stop just mentalness. <laughs> um, some unreal spots, like the one with Jeff doing the swanton Swan off the, the top of the entrance, like on the balcony above like where all the taxis and stuff are. Like um, Jericho, um, China, and Hardcore Holly in a triple threat for the Intercontinental title, which is really, really interesting. Um, it's, it's Triple H and Cactus Jack in the street fight. One of those things where we, we say earlier on, there's, there's, there's a few matches where if you were to show a non-wrestling fan something which gets you hooked on wrestling. I, we had, a, we had a, a TTW show at the start of the year um, and we went out for some drinks and stuff afterwards to sort of have a bit of a night out with a few guys and a few guys went back to my mate's house where we, where we were staying. Big shout out, Chunk. <laughs> and a couple of the guys that were with us were younger and sort of, oh, like, put some, what, what wrestling would you recommend? Put some wrestling on. And this was the match that we chose. This was the match. The whole build up to that, where you had um, sort of Mankind and obviously Dude Love and all this, that, and the other, and Mick Foley, and he's like, well, I've, I've retired or I've been fired or whatever. And there's there's a part where you say, I can't wrestle you for the championship, but I know somebody who can. And he starts taking his shirt off and you've got the Cactus Jack t-shirt underneath and the fucking Triple H's face, Triple H's facials, his reaction to that. He's going from being all cocky to that shocked face. Like, that makes this... Like the, the the whole change from from Mick Foley being mankind into that Cactus Jack character all starts here, and the match is incredible. It's twenty six minutes fifty five seconds of just pure pure brilliant wrestling. Uh, it's a street fight, so there's there's gimmicks involved, there's shenanigans involved. Triple H gets the back body drop on the pallet, and he ends up with that mm-hmm. thing stick. He gets up with the hole in his in his calf. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's some backstage footage on a. Um, it was released on the video for it. Uh, you can find it on YouTube as well as like him getting his leg all looked at backstage and stuff afterwards. Um, and then obviously you got the Rock um, beating, uh, winning the 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 the, uh, the 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 title match for the. Sorry, winning the Rumble for the for the title match at Mania 2000. So, what a show! Such a good show. Yeah. Um, and like like I said, I, I remember where I was. I can remember where I was watching it. I can remember how big of a like how, how big of a deal it was then. Looking back now, it hasn't aged badly. It's still as good now as it was then. The Triple H Cactus Jack match is phenomenal. Um, the street fight just yeah, it just makes it that that whole the whole package being it. Madison Square Garden with that little entrance and the and like the, the 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 entrance being the opposite side of hard cam as well. Like I love the MSG shows for that. They've done a couple of manias there where it's just it adds to it. Um, yeah, Royal Rumble two thousand. Just what a what a fucking show. Great show. Royal Rumble two thousand was the last one to be taken off my list. It, it ah, was right into the last minute. Really like literally down to the wire. Yeah. And it, yeah, but, again, I'm fizzing that it's not on there but yeah totally agree with you fucking phenomenal phenomenal pay-per-view jim ross and jerry lawler uh, that night in terms of their commentary is one of the best the best outings like they're the best ever in my opinion but they are so on it and 
the calls they have in the in the match between between Triple H and, and Cactus are just just phenomenal. Jim Ross literally calls it like a shoot the whole way through. Even with all the gimmicks and the shenanigans and stuff going on, Jim Ross calls it like a shoot, and it's so good. It, I, I love it. I, I I might watch it tonight before I go to bed <laughs> to the match just to, after we've recorded just to watch it because it's fucking insane. I love G- it. GR's Great show. GR's a goal, yeah. though, right? Yeah, and, not even and, close. Like... Like I say, I, I, I'd done the research. I got down to like 11 on my list, right? Not including honourable mention. And this was on it. And like, so the tag team uh, tables match, that was the first tag teams table match in WWE. It's the inaugural one. They'd That's never, amazing. They've never done a tag We've team never done one before. Nah, the inaugural sorry. tag team tables match. There, there we go. go. And yeah, I, I, th- I think just again, the, the story for Triple H and I, I mean, all stemmed from. Triple H smacking Foley with the ring bell. I think it was on, was it Smackdown before? Or was it mm-hmm. whenever it was? And you're right. Uh, no, so it was the Raw and then on Smackdown Foley came out and says that, you know, I'm, I'm battered, I'm bloodied. Mankind's not ready to face you at the Royal Rumble for the title, blah, blah, blah. And then takes off his I mask. I somebody who is. And you're right. Triple H's facials there. It's, you can still watch that just little promo segment for the match and again it's yeah, what a we'll do moment. we'll make we'll make a note we can share that on the twitter page so at mark out of 10 um we'll share we'll find a little video a little youtube video or something and we'll put that bit on the on the uh, on the twitter what do you reckon yeah absolutely yeah check you again on social media you there know. you go content mate content creator right <laughs> i'm learning for the best shields I'm learning for the best well, try my best try my best <laughs> rumble 2000 fantastic show i, I yeah I wholeheartedly back that, Mr. Hawks. Cool. Right, you're going on to number two now, Mr. Hawksy. Okay, so my number two is another WCW pay-per-view. Okay. Um, this is from July of 1989. This is the Great American Bash, 1989. Now, there's lots of people out there that might be like, uh-huh. What? I've never heard of that pay-per-view. I don't think I've ever seen that pay-per-view. Why is Hawksy got fucking a pay-per-view from 1989 as number two on his list? This is quite possibly one of, if not, the best pay-per-views of all time. Um, it's from Baltimore uh, Arena, 14,500 in attendance. I'm just going to go through the card, okay? And I'm going to go through it slowly. And I just want you to take in this card, okay? And I want to take I want you guys to take in the matches and I want you to take in the actual people who are in these matches as well, okay? So, we've got the skyscrapers which are the team of Sid Vicious and Dan Spivey against Steve Williams. So there's like a battle royale thing basically okay you've got brian pillman flying brian against bill Irwin. we can sort of gloss across that but flying brian was in in position to do what he needed to do you have tag match since dance Vivi and sid vicious against shane douglas and johnny ace so they're dynamic dudes the cool kids coming down on the fucking skateboards and johnny ace used to hold it in his hand because he never never <laughs> to ride a skateboard <laughs> which is fucking insane uh, johnny ace is jim laurinaitis by the way um we have a tuxedo match between Jim Cornette and Paulie Dangerously, Paul Heyman. The Steiner brothers 
So Rick and Scott Steiner against the Varsity Club. It's Kevin Sullivan and Mike Rotunda. That's a Texas Tornado match. That's four minutes and 22 seconds. Now imagine how much shit Kevin Sullivan and Mike Rotunda <laughs> got kicked out of them in a four-minute match against the fucking Steiner brothers, okay? They could stop. We have... <laughs> they have a, we got a singles match then for the NWA World Television Championship between Sting and the Great Muta. Just, oh. You've got Lex Luger against Ricky Steamboat for the NWA United States Heavyweight, Champion, Heavyweight Championship. Then you've got a War Games match. So the Road Warriors, the Midnight Express, Express sorry, and Steve Williams. Against the fabulous Freebirds, you got Mike, Mike Hayes, PSAs, Jimmy Garvin, Terry Gordy, and the Samoan SWAT team, Samu and Fatu, in a War Games match. And then the main event for the, for the world title is Ric Flair and Terry Funk. Um, that card is stacked to fuck. It's incredible. The Ric Flair and Terry Funk thing um, came from... So Rick Steamboat and... Uh, Ric Flair had that trilogy is regarded as the best trilogy of matches in wrestling history in 89 they had their their amazing trilogy and on the last match that they had when Flair won the title um, Terry Funk was on commentary and then he'd done an interview after the match and then he ended up kicking fuck out of Ric Flair and actually pile-drived him through a table and that's what set up their feud and any time Ric Flair and Terry Funk are going to be in the match, obviously in a match together, is just going to be insane. Um, and we con- the feud continued after that to the Clash of Champions. Um, I think it was Clash of Champions 9 or 10. Um, they had an I Quit match, which is one of the best matches you'll see in WCW history. Um, just an unbelievable card, an unbelievable show. Every single match is either very good or incredible. Um, if you haven't watched the show, go out and watch it. Genuinely, like Jim Crockett Promotions and NWA, like WCW, they get a lot of shit for back in the day. They were owned by a fucking TV pr- company, and their presentation on television was absolutely dog shit most of the time, which <laughs> just blows my mind. Um, but what they did was they actually knew how to put it in a lot of cases when all the planets and the moons never and the stars aligned. When they put on a wrestling show, they really did know how to put on a fucking wrestling show. And this is one of them. You speak to any real professional wrestling fan who who knows their shit, and they will tell you that this is one of, if not the best pay-per-views you'll ever see. Um, Go out your way, watch it if you haven't seen it. This was easily, easily on my list. I said earlier on about how I sort of put my list together. Um, number two slotted straight in because of how good this is and the Ric Flair Terry Funk main event is and we'll use it again tonight Shields we'll use it for the 57th time chef's kiss beautiful get involved Great American Bash 1989 did you know that the Sting and Great Muta match um, Sting was the first person ever to kick out the moonsault from Muta wow there we go incredible fact incredible fact the Great Muta, if only they hadn't been so racist in WCW, yeah. imagine how good he would have been as a champ, um, as a heel champ, with, or maybe as a face champ with somebody like Flair chasing him. Imagine how good that would have been. Fuck. It would have been so good. Yeah. 
great shout by Hoxie is number two, the Great American Bash nineteen. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Please, please get your network. WCW, Great American Bash eighty nine, get involved. So good. Brilliant. Best best WCW paper. Pay per view. Ever. Not even close. Do it. Do it. Do it. Sorry, I'll show up there. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> so we're moving on to my number two. Like I say, business end of it now. And my number two is probably the weakest in terms of cards, right? But in terms of what it meant for the industry, it's got to be on there as probably one of the most significant pay-per-views in wrestling. I'm going for King of the Ring 1996. The birth of Austin 316 and the boom okay. of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Winning King of the Ring, you know, with the promo once he beats Jake the Snake, it had to be on a list of pay-per-views because without this moment, without this, which is ironic because he was never scheduled to win it anyway, without mm-hmm. this moment, would the industry as we know it today be the same? Probably not. Probably not. I would say there's no. it, a high possibility of it. I mean... It's it's not the strongest. I mean, you've got obviously um, Stone Cold beating Jake Roberts in the final after beating um, who who did he beat first? Um, Mark Miro. That's who he beat in the semi-finals. Jake Roberts beat Vader, who was managed by Jim Cornette at the time. Uh, you also had Mankind beating Undertaker, and by um, using the Marable Claw after mm-hmm. um, Taker gets hit with the urn by Paul Bearer. Fuck's sake, Paul Bearer. I mean, you've got. <laughs> Other matches there, you've got Smoking Guns beating the Goodwins for the WWF t- uh, Tag Team Titles, um, Ultimate Warrior beating Jerry Lawler as well, that's another match on there, um, Ahmed Johnston beating Goldust, uh, but that's by the by, I- I'm not a huge Ahmed Johnston fan, um, and obviously Shawn Michaels beating the British Bulldog as well, Mr Perfect was supposed to be refereeing that match, but Grill Monsoon came out and was saying, nah, your outside referee and Earl Hebner was in, because Perfect was in previous matches as referee, just a fucking liability. But the main one for me <laughs> is it's not even the st- it's not even the match. It is just the sheer impact of the birth of Austin three sixteen, taking the business to heights we've never seen before. Yeah, it's like the fact Could you could you say would you say I'm gonna turn on my broadcast broadcaster <laughs> head now. Okay. We'll little switch roll reversal. Would you say, or could you say, that is the most important promo promo of, in history of wrestling? Yeah, 100%. Okay, I'm going to flip it to you. Can you think of any other one? No. no. <laughs> you know that what was I mean? like, it wasn't necessarily like a loaded question, but no, no, I no. had my answer anyway. Like yeah. That is, it's got that to is be, right? historic. It's changed the business. It's... That single world, that single line, you know what I mean? Changed, changed everything. Everything. For those that don't know what it is, you sit there and flip your Bible, you say your prayers, and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16, Austin 3.16 says, I just whipped your ass. And that was it. Yep. The birth of the the man. The birth of it, you know, and every single Monday Night Raw, I think even till now, every single WWE event, you will see an Austin 3.16 sign in the crowd. Or a t-shirt. Or a t-shirt. Or whatever, yeah. It's... It is the it's the transition point taking it from wrestling where people are like, you know, it's wrestling, it's all fake, blah 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 to everybody talking about it and every classroom at school, every college, every university, mainstream media, it was 
the boom of the business that we'll never ever see the likes again. And I'm just so, so lucky, and I think we're so, so lucky that we were there in the midst of it, in terms of, like, we, we saw the transition. Now, granted, we were at the age where we probably didn't understand it, but yeah, we can appreciate it, you know, but you can appreciate it now, but we could live through that. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, I think, possibly the most important pay-per-view in terms of wrestling business. Like I say, matches aside, there's a hundred pay-per-views that are, are significantly better than it, but I've went for the specific impact on the business here. King of the Ring, 1996. Right, like, mate, it, do you know what? I, I didn't even think of that through this oh. whole process. Um, I was probably thinking about more, like, yeah, yeah. you mean more more events, the, the more pay-per-view events and all that sort of stuff, and maybe matches and this, that, and the other, but that's such a great shout. That's such a good shout. See, for me, this is why I think I struggle with it a bit more, because, you know, I probably could have rattled out pay-per-views just purely based on matches that I really, really loved. I think I just maybe was overthinking a little bit, and um, mm-hmm. I, might, I might get slaughtered in comments and emails and... Ah, fuck it. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck it. It's fine. Um, okay, so yeah. Little, um, little, little side story for this. So, the Shawn Michaels Bulldog match. Mm-hmm. Um... I, I'm 99.9% sure this was the match where part of the story going into it was British Bulldog's sister had cancer and Ooh. the British Bulldog was saying, I'm going to win the belt for you. And Shawn Michaels was like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> you ain't having the belt. And he ended up not winning because I think one of the original plans was for for Bulldog to actually win it and it didn't turn out happening so it went yeah went a bit sour after that because like there's a lot of guys within wrestling and a lot of the big timers will say well you should never bet something that you can't guarantee but I think at the time going into it it was like oh now we're going to go down this route and then it never happened and like it's he's on record as saying like oh I'm going to do it for you I'm going to make sure I bring that title home and this that and the other but yeah that's such a such a heartbreak, and I'm, and I'm sure, I'm sure she was actually in the crowd next to his, next to his family. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm sure of it. I'm, sh- I'm sure. It's, 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 it's in there. Yeah, it's such a bad situation. Such a bad situation. But I think, yeah, I think Sean might have got in Vince's ear and be like, no, I don't think I'm going to drop it this time. I don't think it makes sense. Blah blah blah. blah. After the fact, which is just, yeah, we probably would. Align with a lot of yeah. Shawn Michaels' uh, mindset at that time, potentially. So it's interesting. One of the best fucking, ever, but an absolute bell end. Yeah. Fucking Ahmed Johnson was on the card as well, mate. Yeah. What a beast. Fucking he won the Intercontinental title, didn't he? He did. On that. Yeah. yeah. What a guy. What a guy. When you're big enough to have like knee, uh, knee pads around like your thighs and your arms, then you're a big boy. You're a big boy, yeah. He's a big lad. <laughs> Great shout, mate. Thank Great shout. Okay, so what we do now, chat, is... Chat, <clears throat> what we do now, audience and listeners of Mark Out of 10, we have got through 10 to 2, but what we always have is an honourable mention, something that we think potentially could have been put on a list, um, but it's just nowhere near there. So, yeah, we have uh, basically a cheap way of getting an extra... Um, 
way of talking to you, basically. So honourable mentions this week. For uh, I think it's yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Fuck it, it's my who, my go. My go. my honourable <coughs> mention is WrestleMania one. I think we'd be really remiss not to mention the one that started it all off. You know, I don't think we would have pay per views without well, well pay per views as we know it now without. Mania one, quite simply, it took wrestling to that sort of mainstream. You know, not only we like the wrestling talent, uh, but just the celebrity involved as well. You had Liberace, you had Muhammad Ali, you know, <laughs> Mr. T was involved in the main event. You know, it was the greatest spectacle at the greatest venue for sports at Madison Square Garden. You know, I think again, it's very similar to my King of the Ring 1996, it's, it may not be the best but I mean, again, if you look at the card, you had Tito Santana defeating the Executioner, King Kong Bundy um, against Special Delivery Jones, Ricky Steamboat Matt Bourne, Brutus Barber Briefcake versus David Sarmartino Junkyard Dog against Greg Valentine, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov against the US Express Andre the Giant and Big John Studd, Wendy Richter who we talked about last week, and uh, Lilani Kai and obviously Hulk Hogan and Mr. T beating Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper as well. Um, the King Kong Bundy and Special Del- Delivery Jones, that was like a record match because it was 24 seconds overall, but WWE mentioned it as like a nine-second match. That's actually been... Uh, that got changed recently. The Rock against Eric Rowan was the fastest ever match in WWE history. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the whole host of different things. I just think... As I say, we'd be really remiss not talking about WrestleMania One um, as the starting point for what we now classify as pay per views in the mainstream just now. So yeah, it's more of a nostalgic note from me. But yeah, it's shite one. though. It's shite when it's, you go a, back and watch it. It's, it's fucking it's, terrible. It's horrific. It's horrendous. <laughs> but you know, tis what it is. Nineteen thousand people, nineteen thousand one hundred twenty-one. Um, Seen over by one million viewers through CCTV. Um, it was the largest wrestling event. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's. I think it's got it's worthy as a mention. I wouldn't go in my top ten, but you know, it is worthy as an honourable mention there. Right, it it was the game changer, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. It was probably the reason we're sat here chatting about it now. Wrestling would have been it would have been around, but there's no way it would have been what it is today without that exactly not at all yeah great shout mate thanks great shout um my honorable mention this week for the pay-per-views is a new japan pro wrestling pay-per-view um from january 2015 it is wrestle kingdom 9 so it's their big dome show it's basically their wrestlemania show this was my real proper first ever show that i watched in its entirety so it's my real first introduction to japanese wrestling i'd watched matches i'd watched i'm gonna be a cool kid now i've done some tape trading in my time brother um so i've seen some matches and stuff from from obviously throughout wrestling um stuff that i've got sent um, big shout out to to Bradders actually, my mate in in Osaka. Before he went to Japan, I I watched this with him. This was like this was my and he he speaks Japanese. He's big big fan of Japanese culture and Japanese wrestling. Um, I can't remember where I was, what I was doing at the time. 
watching this show and it was it was for me it changed my thought process on wrestling in terms of like actually being a wrestler it changed my thought process on the fact that there is other stuff out there that I actually do need to get involved in. So this was like the genesis for that whole Japanese Puroreso start for me. Um, I'm just going to run through the card really quickly. Look at some of the names on this card. It's brilliant. So you've got Red Dragon, so Bobby Fish, Carl O'Reilly, um, Alex Kozlov, Rocky Romero, Time Splitters, Alex Shelley, Kushida, and the Young Bucks. That's a four-way for the junior tag team titles. Um, there's a six-man tag match, so Tenzan, Kojima, Homa um, against the Bullet Club, so Bad Luck Farley, Jeff Jarrett, and Yuju Takahashi. Um, crazy match, crazy match, just to get, get guys on the card. They'd like a tag match in Japan, by the way. Yeah. There's another eight-man tag, so you've got Marafuji, and you've got Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste and Toriano against Davey Boy Smith Jr., Lance Archer, Shelton X Benjamin, and Takashi Ayazuka. So, really big names. Yeah. Minoru Suzuki against Sakuraba. I've never got it with Suzuki. I could have put him in my most overrated list if I'd even be cared to write his name down on something. I don't get it. This is a big match for me that, that really changed my mindset on wrestling and what could be actually done in a wrestling match. They have the Never Openweight Championship over there in, in, in New Japan. And at the time, it was for the big old boys who just kick seven lumps of shit out of each other. So it was Togi Makabe against Tomohiro Ishii. Um, 12 minutes and 23 seconds. I've never seen anything like it up until that point of just guys beating fuck out of each other. It was crazy. Singles match. This just shows how much the times have changed. This is a singles match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Kenny Omega beat Taguchi. Um, there's another tag match for the IWGP Big Boys title. So, so it's Goto and Shibata beat Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. AJ Styles against Tetsuya Naito. Shinsuke Nakamura beating Kota Ibushi for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. And then you have Tanahashi beat Okada um, for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. 30 minutes that match went. That card is stacked to fuck. Any any wrestling fan, you look at the names on there, Styles, Naito, Nakamura, Ibushi, Tanahashi, Okada, fucking hell, Suzuki, like Naito, whatever. All of everybody at any point in moment in time and going into the future with the books and Kenny and you know and all those guys on there. That's a big deal. And that's a stacked card. And like I said that was that was an introduction for me into Japanese wrestling. You look at that card, it's incredible. Kazuchika Okada is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. And that was the first match that I saw of his. And I literally fell in love with him because it was like the stuff that he does, I can do. Because he's quite a similar, not build, I'm not going to say I'm as jacked as Okada, but he's a similar height. He's a similar frame. Like he look, he, like I, like I could see this guy and be like, oh my God, I can do what he can do. And, that, and it, changed, it changed the game for me. The last eight years of my life within wrestling, have been sort of modelled around Kazuchika Okada because of that moment. It's incredible. Yeah, love love that show, and it's like just for what it means, and it definitely got to be an honourable mention because it started my started my fandom into real fandom into Japanese wrestling. Yeah, and they, I think it was the first new um, Wrestle Kingdom that they actually done proper English commentary on. So they had Jim Ross and um, Fuck. Oh, 
Oh, it used to be ECW. He was WWE commentator for a while. Uh, Matt Stryker. It had oh, Jim, Ross and, Jim Ross and Matt Stryker done English commentary. So I think it was the first real time they proper like marketed it towards the West, if you know what I mean. Yeah. They had proper commentary team actually at the show at the Tokyo Dome. 36,000 people there. Yeah, definitely. Honourable mention for me, Wrestle Kingdom 9. Brilliant. Awesome show. Like, I, I'm... I, as I said, I think it was last week I said, in terms of Japanese wrestling, my knowledge isn't great. I think it'd be great to actually get some recommendations from yourself and Brad in terms of like re- um, Japanese wrestling to, to watch. Uh, and that goes for people at home as well. Um, if you have any wrestling that you, you would recommend me and Hoxie watch, then just give us a shout. Great yeah. shout from Hoxie, the Wrestle Kingdom 9 is his honourable mention. Right, Hoxie, do you want to run through your 10 to honourable mention? Uh, yes, mate. Number 10, WrestleMania 3. Number 9, Summertime 2002. Number 8, Halloween Havoc 97. Number 7, Money in the Bank 2011. Number 6, ECW One Night Stand 20, uh, 2005. Number 5, In Your House Canadian Stampede 97. Number 4, WrestleMania 24. Number 3, Royal Rumble 2000. Number 2, Great American Bash 89. And my honourable mention is Wrestle Kingdom 9. Awesome. And running through for mine, number 10 is SummerSlam 92, number 9 is WrestleMania 19, number 8 is TNA Unbreakable 2005, number 7 Royal Rumble 2001, number 6 AEW All Out 2021, number 5 Money in the Bank 2011, uh, Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank 2011, uh, number 4 SummerSlam 2002, number 3 AEW All In in London, uh, number two was King of the Ring 1996, and my honourable mention goes to WrestleMania number one. So we've reached the end of our top ten pay-per-views, and I believe that we've got the same number one. Because as you said before, we're very similar in terms of... But we're similar in terms of age. I, I'm the elder statesman, I'll, I'll admit to that. I think we've got very similar tastes in wrestling. I would be very surprised if we don't have the same number one. Just my gut feeling. Shall we do a three, two, one? Say it. Three, two, one. Then say it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll count it down then. Right. Okay. Yep. Three, two, one. WrestleMania. WrestleMania seventeen. 17. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. It had to be right. It's. It, it is. Uh, this is what we just we would just talk about it ourselves. It's yeah. For yeah, for yeah. me, it is the greatest pay per view that's been put together ever. Just different class. Absolutely different class. Um, it is as far as perfect you can get a wrestling show. As as far as far as perfect you can get a wrestling show. It's not perfect because I I still I'm not gonna shit on it, but the finish of the main event gives a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I yeah. don't think they should have done what they did. But up until that point, oh, Makes my soul happy, Shields. Um, I'm going to have to call you John on this one because we need to just talk as people rather than online personas. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Seriously, mate, like, it, it makes every fibre of my being when I think about this show, when I watch it. This is definitely, definitely the show that I've watched the most out of yeah. every pay-per-view ever. Mm-hmm. I'll probably watch it every, at least probably three times a year, maybe every quarter I'll put this on. Even if I don't watch the whole thing, I'll just go through some bits and bobs. It's so good. So good. 
I think we'll go back to the the ending of it, right? I think mm-hmm. I agree with you. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But do you think that's just because you didn't expect it? Like you didn't expect the handshake. You didn't expect the drink and the beers. I think again, it's testament to the story of Austin and McMahon. I think it's just it was just genius. Again, should it have happened? Probably not. You know, it, it no, have, I don't but... think. I really don't think it should have happened at all. They they should have went down the route of there's two ways they should have done it. They should have done the rock. As it, sorry, there's three ways they should have done it. I'll rewind back. They should have had the rock as a heel, and Stone Cold as the face, and had a proper baby because it was a heel. It was a face match. Yeah. When's also when you look at it, it, Stone Cold went out there as a heel, and it was in Houston, ninety miles from where he lived. Of course, he's going to get fucking cheered out the building. They were with The Rock as well because they're two of the biggest stars that have ever graced our fucking presence. But they should have went down the route of making The Rock a full heel or they should have turned Stone Cold heel at Royal Rumble before. But even then, when they got to Houston, he still would have been over as the face. Or they probably shouldn't have necessarily had the match with those two guys. They should have found another way of doing it. But they couldn't because it would never be as good. The only way way that they could have made this better is to have The Rock as a full-blown heel going into this and having Stone Cold as the face trying to to basically fight against the evil. Turning... I know there's arguments... About they the same that they done with Hogan, like they turned him heel and this that and the other. That was very different. Stone Cold was never necessarily a full heel or a full face. He was just like the guy. Like you could take him any way you wanted. Anyway, we won't talk about that because we'll we will talk about that for all night. We need to put the show over. Can I give you some stats? I put a load of stats yeah, down. Can I give you some it. stats? Go Is that it. all right? So, um, really interesting that I found out in my research for this. This was the first show the first WrestleMania that people wanted to have rather than the WWF having to go to a venue or go to an area and say, can we have our show here? They went or they, they were having discussions with different venues and they spoke to the guys at the Astrodome, the Reliant Astrodome. And they were saying, Oh, what are you going to do for us? And they were like, no, what do you want to do to have this show here? What do you mean? It's what you do it. You would do it for the Super Bowl. You would give us money to have the Super Bowl here, right? You don't know what we do in the area. The whole week leading up, the amount of money and stuff that it brings into the area. This was the first show that that started happening. So the first ever show that was quote unquote sold um, or bought by an arena um, to the WWF, which is very interesting. That's important in lots of different ways throughout the way that wrestling is presented and the way it's promoted now. Yeah. Um, I just think that's a cool little aside. Anyway, so the attendance was 67,925. At that time, it was the seventh all-time attendance in Jeez. wrestling history. Wow. Um, the paid attendance... Now, I know that obviously there's a big difference here. Listen to this, though, for a paid attendance... 62,886. This is the second highest ever in history <laughs> paid attendance. Okay. The gate, the, 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 the price on the gate was $3,530,905. It was the, it's the largest ever gate outside of Japan in wrestling history. Okay. Um, WrestleMania three was 3.49. 
million dollars, so it beat WrestleMania three with quote unquote more um, more um, attendance. Yep. Merchandise. Okay. The highest ever merchandise before, I can't remember which, what show it was, but it was half a million dollars they made in merchandise sales on a pay-per-view. Would you like to hazard a guess of what WrestleMania 7 made for, <laughs> no, for purchases no purchases at the show? Oh, I have no idea. Merchandise sold at the show. 1.1 million dollars. Fucking hell. <laughs> so bear in mind, there's, there's nearly 68,000 people there. That's an average per head of $17.67. The highest average ever. Pay-per-view buys, one point, sorry, one million forty thousand. Okay, now they've done a little bit of the Wrestling Observer done some maths on this based on this was before they based this on eight hundred thousand buys. They didn't realise how big the show was going to be. Okay, they worked it out, and I don't know what it would work out as over a million, but thirty-six point six million dollars in pay-per-view buys based at eight hundred thousand. So add another fifth onto that, and you're going to get there or thereabouts. The Wrestling Observer, which is, we, we fucked Dave Meltzer, but it's a good historical thing to look back at. 99% thumbs up show, 1% thumbs down. So as sort of wrestling shows go, as the Wrestling Observer fans vote on it, this is the best show in history, and it's not even close. I want, um, I want, to, make, I want to make a caveat, okay? We say fuck Dave okay. Meltzer, um... I want to make it clear, it's fuck Dave Meltzer from the last, like, maybe three, four, five, five six years. years. <laughs> it's like, everything he did up until that point, he, he's, fair, he's fair, fair play, you know, fair enough, Dave, but it's uh, most up-to-date, Dave. That's just, Sorry, that's just a caveat I just wanted to add in there. Um, mate, I, yeah, Meltzer can get in the bin, yep. but for <laughs> what he did in history, then it's kind of okay, but it's it's the only thing we've got, really, to refer back yeah, to. Of it's a It's a good... Is opinion based stuff, we're all opinion based, but there's lots of shit that goes on. But in terms of the historic side of things, it's really good. Um, 2001, mate, the time as well, the, the way they put this show on, they'd like, the, I think the week before or a week and a half before, they'd actually bought WCW. They didn't think it was going to happen. They thought they were out and then they weren't. They got pulled back in. So a week and a half before that, they get. The chance to buy WCW, and then obviously ECW fucking tr- files for bankruptcy and goes out of business, and Paul Heyman ends up sh- doing commentary. Um, I think it's really slept on. Jim Ross and Paul Heyman as commentary on this yeah. on this show is is really slept on. Heyman is fucking incredible. He's so good on this show, really good. It's just so, so good. good, so so good. Um, do you want to go through the card? You go through the card, mate. You go through the card. Okay, so, I mean, from top to bottom, again, solid, solid. It starts off main event, well, it starts off with Chris Jericho against William Regal for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. It's like, well, that's not a bad start. No. Nope. Two, it's, a, it's a really good match as well. It's a really, really good, good match. match. About eight minutes worth, I think it is. We Can you remember the promo? Can you remember the promo for this? Ooh. Can you remember what this the whole storyline was about? Can you remember? <laughs> um, I don't. Oh, wait a minute. Just, is this? No, I, I can't remember. No. A certain urination in a certain someone's tea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know okay, what I'm yeah, 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 yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Fair dues. 
Pissing in the tea. Um, we, we then go to a six-man tag team match with Taz and the APA against the Right to Censor. If you remember Right to Censor, our right bunch of bastards that fucking hated them. Um, <laughs> and then you had a triple threat hardcore match for the hardcore title with um, Kane, Raven and the Big Show. Um, you then had Eddie Guerrero against Test for the European Championships. Best match Test ever had in his life. Yep, 100%. Then you had Kurt Angle against Chris Benoit, just oh. a singles match. 14 minutes of oh. chef's kiss. That we... got four that got four and a half stars in the Observer, that match did. If there was ever a match that is probably should have got that half a star more, it's that one. Yep. Anyway, go on, crack uh, on. Sorry. China, yep. No, no, China against Ivory for the WWF Women's Championships. China beat Ivory um, for our first and only WWF ch- uh, title. Um, we then had the street fight with Mick Foley as a special guest referee with Shane McMahon against Vince McMahon and you mentioned it well we both mentioned it last week mm-hmm. the greatest reaction from our woman standing from a wheelchair ever <laughs> it's like it's that so good. pop is unbelievable it- I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now Literally just you talking about it and me thinking about it, I'm getting goosebumps. The hairs are standing on my arms. I mean, four, it was about a 15-minute match, 14, 15 minutes, and it was just... I think, was this not the first one where Shane McMahon went coast-to-coast? Coast? Yes. Yeah, yeah, with, with the um, with the trash can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd never seen that. Like You would never expect that from Shane, you know, and it was just, again, spectacle, WrestleMania, that moment, again, will live on forever. Um, but yeah, the, the pop with Linda standing up, you know, it's again, we we need to do something where we talk about not just the matches, but the build up to the matches, which we'll get to when we get to the main event. We then had TLC, Edging Christian, the Dudleys and the Hardy Boys, one of the best tag team matches ever and involved furniture, just Again, I could watch that match over and over again. The bumps yep. those guys took, the, yep. the chem- again, it sounds very cliche, but the chemistry they had together is just unmatched, man. It's like, they, they, and I think we, we touched upon it as well in the, the tag team podcast. It's they set the bar so high, I don't think mm-hmm. anybody can ever achieve that. You know, it's like. Because they were the first, because everyone will just be like, oh, they're doing that because of the TLC from Mania. Yeah, like net, like they would, they just set a standard and they set a way of doing things that everybody after that is just going to be like a cliche or a copy. Yep, you know what I mean. It's just like oh, they're just doing that because they've done it. Yep, that that. So, do you know how many stars this got? This match got uh, from Dave from Big Dave. Four. This got f- four and three quarter stars. Foxy. Dude. What I say to that is, fuck. Off. This is a five-star fucking match of anybody's money any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Like, just a, what's a quarter star for this? It's a joke. Get in the fucking bin, Dave. Twice. <laughs> anyway, that image of Edge spearing Jeff Hardy while he's holding onto the belts dangling in the middle of the ring. Like, they, I think they still play that now. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just... There's so many po- po- points in that match that are like really poignant and just amazing. And it was, yeah, it was a, it was a stand. It was, it set the standard for everything. And probably 
for me, if not the best match, the second best match on the card for me. I would agree. What a, it's just oh, so good, so 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 good. And it, I sometimes as well, I I'll watch it back and I forget who wins it. Yeah, because it like Edge and obviously Edge and Christian sure. win. Yep. Uh, but it's like. Oh my god! Like it's not that's like an aside. It's not even like the important thing. It's just that's like a result of just this madness. Um, love it. It's All the so the run-ins and the, the the spear that fucking Lita gets off Rhino. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like it's so good. It's brilliant. Just everything yeah, so good. And and what I love about this particular pay-per-view as well, it, it's it's organised properly as well because obviously that match was just so intense. It then. It gave the the crowd a bit of a respite so they could recover, recharge the batteries, because it then went into like the gimmick battle royale, that, <laughs> that old cheeky baby, you know, the chic moment. We had a chic moment in this one, Hoxie. We've got, We've a, got chic a chic moment. moment. Do you know uh, why the chic won this one? Do you know why? Uh, I have no idea. Because he couldn't get over the top rope. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'm not joking. That's no, a no, shoot. Yeah, That's a shoot. Mean, he was just holding on to the ropes for the entire thing. He won. He won literally just because, like, de facto, he couldn't get he couldn't get tossed over the top. Fucking hell! Yeah. So there's 19 people in there. Um, mean Gene and Bobby the Brain Heenan were commentating that one. It was just, it was it was good shit. And then we went on to the sort of Undertaker versus Triple H. Um, again, some great moments there. The Undertaker putting up Triple H into the last ride, and Triple H hitting him with the sledgehammer. And we thought that was the end of it, you know, the streak at that time. And well, it wasn't, as we all know. Um, and I think fun story, the, fun yeah. story. Um, the only time that Triple H has ever used a gimmicked sledgehammer was in this match, and the only time he's ever hurt anybody with the sledgehammer was in this match when he used the gimmick one when he busted him open at the end. Was that spot? It's because it was a different so the, weight, right? That he couldn't control the weight. Couldn't get used to it. Yeah. 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 Um, I think this was also the WrestleMania when, at the end, where Taker obviously wins and he, he like counts out the victories he's got and holds his hands up. Yes, as well. Yeah, so that's such a good, that's another great photo. And then obviously the piece de resistance, the the the, the cherry on top of this excellent pay per view, Stone Cold Steve Austin against The Rock. And I'm not just talking about the match; I'm talking about the build up. Quite possibly. Yeah. The greatest. No, it is. It is. It is. It is. Don't. It's not possibly. It is. There's no the, argument. <laughs> the greatest promotional package ever put together. There's occasions where, for no reason whatsoever, this is for the audience that I'll just randomly send this YouTube video to Hoxie and say nothing. I'll just send yeah. him a link and just. We play know. It. We both know. Yeah. 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 Uh, again, this is another one we'll put on um, the uh, on on Twitter as well. It's. Just everything about this pay-per-view. I mean, we could do a deep dive in each one of these matches, which we could do at a later point. But for me, it's it was no contest, mate. It just it just had to be right. It's just yeah, so good. Oh, I, I um as soon as we worked out that that we were going to do this, um, this was number one on the list, yeah, like straight yeah. away, and. For as long as we've been talking about the podcast, if we're talking about best pay per views ever, this is going to be number one on the list. Like, it's it's that simple. It's that simple. I fucking love this show from back to front. Um, I love when fucking Regal goes back backstage and fucking Kamala's on his on his um, 
desk, like rubbing the photograph of the queen on his belly or whatever it is. It's just, just little things like that just kill me. Bradshaw's fucking promo that he cuts before he goes out for the match. Like they, I know they have like four minutes just kicking fuck out of each other. It's messy as fuck that match is, but I think that was probably the first time that maybe Vince might have looked at him and thought, you know what, we can do something with him um, as a single and. Yeah, just all the way through. There's there's not a there's not a bad match on this show, not a bad match on the show. It, they're either good or excellent, and most of them are going to be in that excellent category. The, good, the figures... excellent, or necessary. I think, like I say, the yeah. gimmick battle royal was unnecessary just to re rejuvenate. Got everybody at payday, didn't it? Yeah, Got everybody exactly. involved and done what it needs to do. But the the facts and the figures and stuff talk for themselves. It's. The, the the time the, the the transitional time within the wrestling industry at the time as well to, to the XFL was going tits up at the time NBC were trying to find different avenues to get rid of of XFL so all that shit was going on Vince was buying WCW he was buying ECW he was putting on the biggest show that they've ever done they proper doubled down on on seventeen with promotion and stuff the amount of money and the guys that they got involved nationally and locally. Um, Big big dome show, yeah, just insane, insane. It, it, there's there's so much to unpack with this show, rather than just the show itself, that makes it really important as well. And and for me, watching it as a kid and watching it back every so often, just yeah, makes my soul happy. Definitely, so so good, man, so so good. So that's it. Top ten pay per views, finishing with WrestleMania seventeen. Man, there's so many matches I need to go and fucking watch now. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, like, yeah, it's yeah. so so oh. good. Um, yeah, this has been a long one, mate. It I knew is. this would be long. I, I was trying to sort of go quicker earlier on, but in the end, I just thought, fuck it. If people want to listen, I'll listen. Right? Yeah, I don't. Know. It's so good, so yeah. good. It's very, good. very, very fun episode, mate. I've really I've enjoyed really this. Really enjoyed one. this. It's been so yeah. so good. So for you listeners, um, it has been a long one. So I'd appreciate you coming to the end of this with us um do you agree do you disagree let us know what your list of the top 10 pay-per-views are as ever you can email us at wrestlemark10 at gmail.com or tweet us at mark underscore out of 10 or you can sub to our channel on youtube and comment in the comments surprisingly um so next week's episode on mark out of 10 we're going to discuss the top 10 people on the stick yet the best people on the mic in the wrestling business i think that's going to be really interesting um i think we're going to have a lot of the same people but i think there might be one or two differences hoxie i think this could be when we talk about the women the women's episode as being like a sleeper episode i think this one could be as well um interesting very very interesting mate i'm looking forward to that one we'll have some fun we have fun all the time, but we do. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. We appreciate you all for listening and hang on to the end of this one. This was an epic. Uh from me, Shields. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. And over to you, Hoxie. Yeah, cheers, guys. If you've made it this far, I want you to drop Oklahoma in the comments section on whatever <laughs> whatever platform you're listening to. But yeah, it's been a wicked episode. Have a great morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you guys are in the world. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers for this one, Shields. It's been great fun. Very much appreciated. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye-bye.